No, there's no there's positive there's positive elements and, and I I've I've purposely watched it pragmatically. Um unfortunately there's just more <laughs> To talk about. Let's, just, let's, just get, let's just get on with it because if, if I say anything we'll just, it's, it's content we're missing alright alright here's, here's the quality of the trivia for it by the way film and locations uh, Sydney New South Wales Australia it literally is that's, you're, you're, that's the that's that, the nuggets look this is all part of the fucking, this is all part of what I'm going to say okay don't ruin it let's go let's, let's go let's go let's go nothing let's go I literally finished the research in 15 minutes and was like what <laughs> so just go let's just go <laughs> fucking hurts <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode four of Back to the Pictures, the movie review podcast by three university friends. You know the score by now. It's taking you on an adventure through time and space, not to be confused with an Einstein theory, rather discussing an era in our lives where we had so much time and space. The three of us lived, studied and raved together as Manchester students between 05 and 09, and when we couldn't be found on campus at Manchester venues such as M2, Font Bar and Subspace, we could be found at home on Drayton Street, watching the shit out of a ton of movies. Over a decade later, we've decided to regroup and rewatch many of the films we viewed together during those uni days, and just to see what we make of them now as existential, cynical 30-year-olds. Well, I wish I was 30, more like late 30s. Follow our journey each week. <laughs> Don't laugh. Don't laugh. It's not funny. I'm, about to <laughs> I'm older than you. Stop it. I'm older than you. <laughs> but you don't look it. <laughs> So, follow our journey each week as we resurrect, review, and reconsider motion pictures, movies, films, flicks, features, and, of course, pictures from a simpler time. Let's get cracking. We are your hosts. My name is Ben. I can't think of even one memorable quote from this movie, Rose. <laughs> My name's Anton. I literally forgot I was even a thing. <laughs> I genuinely... So you said it just now. I genuinely forgot that that was a thing. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a great podcast. And I am Ian. <laughs> oh, my God. I genuinely forgot to look for <laughs> like, like, Genuinely, till you just did that, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I couldn't pick. Is, the thing is, the only is thing nothing. I, the only thing I could have picked was voiceover from another film. <laughs> exactly, the son becomes the father. Yeah. The father becomes the son. What? Uh, fuck me. Okay. Oh, I've got one. I've got one. I've got one. I've got one. I've oh. got one. Okay. I'm Anton. Go on, say it. Say it. Uh, Wrong. That's yeah. About all I've that had. is actually probably the best line in the film. That is probably the best line. Exactly. <laughs> All our reviewed movies are rated U. This stands for University Standard. And seeing as students generally have lower standards than most other classes of people, viewer discretion is advised. So, 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 tell me, Dr. Agundamu, where are we going this time? Home? From the cinema? Because I can't believe we fucking paid to see this shit. <laughs> but I'll, we'll stick with it. The time is 2000, or the year, if you will, even is 2007, and the film was Superman Returns. And, and may he go back to whenever he came. <laughs> I remember Anton didn't say a word on the way home. 
I was oh. like, you're on the bus. Don't talk to me. <laughs> yes, this week we are reviving the 2006 long gestating sequel to the 1978 groundbreaking superhero film Superman, and this week it is Superman Returns, and return he did. Oh, he did. It was the 14th of July, in the UK at least, a new Superman film had uh, been in the works uh, since 1987, which was Superman 4, The Quest for Pish. And (laughs) by all accounts, it stormed the box office with mediocrity, despite the director, the ever-outspoken Brian Singer, claiming that $391 million is perfectly adequate to be considered a successful movie. Second second, second largest DC film, and that was after Batman Begins at the time. I mean, but who does he think he is? (laughs) Michael Bay. (laughs) At $20 million worldwide and a marketing campaign that dragged up to $300 million, I'd say, well, look, I would say $91 million is a tidy profit, but then again... I'm not running a company that just netted a $200 billion loss in 2022. So what do I know? Maestro, play the trailer. You've been gone a long time. Where did you go? the munchkin hello yeah well you've been gone fearless reporter lois lane is a mommy but if you ask me she's still in love with you know who how could you leave us like that i moved on so did the rest of us the world doesn't need a savior and neither do i This is kind of a little reunion, isn't it? Heck, I'm a fan. I'll have advanced technology. Thousands of years beyond what anyone could throw at me. But millions of people will die. Billions! You wrote that the world doesn't need a savior. But every day I hear people crying for one. Come on, let me hear you say it just once. You're insane. No! <laughs> no, it would be other thing. Superman will run! Bring it on! Now fly. Our spoiler notification is dead easy this week because for this podcast, as you know, spoilers come thick and fast, faster than a speeding bullet. Well, hey, it had to be done. So if you want to pause the podcast and watch the movie 
and then come back to us later, that's fine. And if not, let's crack on. Anybody remember where we when we watched this? Well, obviously, it was the summer of 2006, but... I don't think I actually watched this with you guys the first time I watched this. I, I remember otherwise, because this was... So this was between our first and second year of uni, or, well, Anton, for your case, second and third. Yeah. Um, I know that Batman Begins had stolen our hearts the summer before. Absolutely. And I remember being more enthused about this movie than either of you. And Anton, True. you sort of predicted that it would suck. I remember... I, just, I was like, how about this trailer? And you were like, meh. I just, I just, I thought, like, I remember at the time thinking... It's Superman, it's epic, but it just... I, I remember being excited about it. I just think it was probably off the hype of Batman Begins and just being like... Ugh. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go straight into it. Like, when the hell does this film take place? Mm. There are cell phones. <laughs> there are Audis. I, I'm so confused. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what is going on. Okay, yeah. all right. So... It's actually a good segue. It's a good jumping off point because we usually discuss what the title means, right? Superman Returns. It's 2006. It's been 19 years since Superman was last on the big screen. But this movie isn't a soft reboot. This movie is a direct sequel to 1978's Superman. The film came about because during the filming of X-Men 2, Brian Singer, who obviously directed that and Superman Returns, he had the idea of Superman returning to Earth after a five-year absence. And the producer of X-Men 2 happened to be the wife uh, of Richard Donner, Lauren Donner, who yeah. directed the original Superman. And they loved the idea. Yeah. So the very idea that this film is a direct sequel, set five years after the original movie, is an issue in itself. Obviously, at first, it was all going to be the whole Superman flyby. Every, every one of us has probably seen that name. Superman flyby, Superman flyby, which ultimately became Superman Returns. And it's like, so this, this is the confusion, because even in the research, people don't understand. I've read parts where they're like, this is a direct sequel. Okay, cool. I get it. Superman's been gone for five years. All right. Then I've seen stuff where it's like, no, it turns out, actually, this does incorporate a little bit of two, uh, and then disregards three and four. And then I've seen things where it's like, okay, then it brought a little bit of three, but then disregards forms meant to be like what four would have been. And it's like, no one knows when it's happening. Yeah. That alone was the difficult part. So this film, theoretically, should be set in 1983. Exactly. No, uh, no other sequels are acknowledged. Uh, I, you, you mentioned the second film a little bit, but it's confirmed that this is the same universe that we left at the end of Superman 1. Yeah. So first of all, Clark Kent should be 35 now, and... Brandon Routh looked younger than Christopher Reeves did, if you ask me. Um, when the fuck is it set? If this story did take place five years after Superman 1, uh, why is it clearly modern day 2006? There's, but there's... It, it has the date on the newspaper in the film. It's 2005 in the film, apparently. Well, there you go. It's one of the I mean, I, it just doesn't... It, 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 immediately, no it immediately shows a lack of care and thought. Do you remember when we was going to go see this? You had to explain it. Yeah. Like, it had to be explained to the audience when it was set because it, w it made no fucking sense. And they didn't really attempt to do it in the film. They like, didn't attempt at all to explain it. The, the cool thing about the first Superman film in 1978 is that 1978 was close enough to the, the period 
when Superman was first published, the comic book, in 1930s, 1940s, where you could appreciate the stylistic choices made in that film to reflect the comics. But in 2006, that is... It's just anachristic as fuck. I mean, I, I, lo- I, I love that the movie is a love letter to the original film. Yes. I just wish the film showed the slightest bit of interest in addressing this ridiculous plot hole. It, for me, it was just yeah. it was just the fact that, like, because... Again, like I said, doing research, it seemed like, okay, it was actually meant to be a... Because there was going to be sequels that was going to take this into its own timeline. So, again, it was meant to incorporate and kind of disregard some of the sequels and therefore go... So, if you did that, if it was that, and if it was meant to be that, because we still don't even know, then I get it. But I still don't get it because so much of it looks like it was in the 1950s. I mean, look, just, just the colour scheme of the entire film, the, the Daily Planet itself literally looked like it was... It's ripped from, out take, of Perry straight, Mason. Absolutely stripped from the from the <laughs> prohibition era. It's just, it's just. I don't, I don't, I don't. There's so much confusing, and then people just whip out cell phones. Granted, they're old cell phones, and then it's, but it's, it's just. I don't. It, oh, it's so. It was so jarring. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a bit of a cunt. Um... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, should we run down the cast? Cool. Let's go with it. So let's do it in order of importance. Um, Eva Marie Saint as Martha Kent. <laughs> I'd never heard of her either. <laughs> it's unusual for a, a parent in a superhero film, or, or the parent of a superhero in a superhero film, not being that well recognised, because these days it's like Kevin Costner and shit. But yeah, nice to know that uh, Eva Marie Saint's still with us at the ripe old age of 98. Yeah, she's still doing her thing. She has such a long, uh, like, she's done a lot. She's done a lot. I just, nothing, nothing I was ever interested seen. in. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but no, Kate Bosworth uh, as uh, Lewis Lane. I think I might just do Stewie, actually, for the rest of it. <laughs> um, I know of Blue Crush because Lauren, my wife, loves it. But I don't think I'd really ever seen her in a film before this. She was very, very, very young in this. 22? Really? 22 years old? Wow. She was 22 in this. A- apparently so. 22 no when she way. did this. I mean, I don't recall many films with her in it after this, to be fair, so I wouldn't know. Yeah. I wouldn't know. Um, how, how old is Lois meant to be in this film? I, exactly. That was, to be fair, actually one of the things one of the critics actually mentioned. Um, but yeah, we'll get into that. We'll yeah. get into that. Um, James Marsden, um, as uh, this brand new character called Richard White, I don't like this casting one bit for the simple reason it's the reason why Cyclops received such a bitch's death in X-Men 3 (laughs) (laughs) he chose this film genuinely oh my god he chose this film well then so did Brian Singer Brian Singer did it as well it's one of the reasons why he didn't do X3 and we got what was quite possibly one of the craziest films I've ever seen (laughs) it's just crazy how you're coming off X2 and it's like yeah do you know what I'm nailing this and then I, I don't know. I think it was just a case of he's not even a comic book fan. Yeah, exactly. That. I thought, exactly. I, I thought he, you know, he hit with X Men, and I thought I was lucky for someone who doesn't know anything about comics. Very few people are able to get Superman right. Anyway, um, Parker Posey is uh, Kitty. Um, Parker Posey never really plays a character, does she? She just plays an irritating sound. Well. Funny you mentioned that because there was no one else that was considered for that role other than Parker Posey. <laughs> Genuinely. 
It's like they wrote it for her. Didn't do anything. Absolutely. Same with the next man you're probably going to name, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Also written, which is the only reason why he's got such incredible lines in it, because they literally just wrote Kevin Spacey into, into a film. Yeah. Well, I can't think of a more fitting example when someone turned out to be more evil in real life than the character that <laughs> portrayed on screen. Can you imagine they were just like, shit. Wow. <laughs> so like, we just write for Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So it's like, what Kevin... are you doing? <laughs> you, you asshole. Ke- Ke- Kevin Spacey playing slightly less evil Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey with less hair and more morals. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, uh, he broke my heart, so I don't care. I don't, I don't care. I'm with you, absolutely. I used to love Kevin Spacey, but yeah. he ruined it. Did I, you know, I um, I went to... Uh, I was about to say I went to school with Kevin Spacey. No, I didn't. I, uh, <laughs> he probably would have loved that. <laughs> ah, boom! <laughs> um, I worked with a guy. I was working for Vice, uh, doing a, a show that's got nothing to do with anything. But uh, this guy was an American who had been working in film for quite some time, and he'd, he'd worked in England extensively at Shepperton Studios, where Kevin Spacey had made a lot of films. And anyway, we were talking about whatever the media uh, gossip of the day was. It was some scandal, I can't remember, some crazy like you know gossip column scandal. And that, you know, we were talking about other stories we'd heard about other celebrities, and he said, I can tell you from on, on good authority that the most despicable and depraved of all of them is Kevin Spacey. And I said, fuck off. I was like, Kevin Spacey is a fucking saint. Uh, and the best actor, one of the best actors ever. And he was like, dude, trust me. All out of all of them, it's Kevin Spacey. And then a couple of years later, boom. Oh my Lord. That's crazy, man. That's absolutely crazy. The fact that Brian Singer directed The Usual Suspects, mm-hmm. and he obviously cast Kevin Spacey in this based absolutely. on The Usual Suspects. Come on, let me hear you say it just once. Come on. Come on, I know it's just dangling up to a few tongues. Let me hear it just once, please. Absolutely. Does this mean that this Lex Luthor is Kaiser Sose? Pretty, pretty much, and it makes sense. He pretty much has the same kind of benevolent mind. Yeah, it's actually, that's actually a very good point. It literally is Kaiser Sose. Wrong! Finally, Brendan Routh. An unknown actor as Clark Kent Superman. Where have we seen that before? True. True. Partly chosen because he has a very striking similarity to Christopher Reeve. But... Much so, so much so, Christopher Reeve's wife, uh, Dana Reeve, was literally blown away by the look of him. That must have been so weird for her. Absolutely. Looking at a younger version of her it, deceased it, husband. It is, it is madness when you see the pictures of Christopher Reeve and then you see Brandon Routh and it's like, what the hell? Hold the phone. Did Christopher Reeve die just before this movie was released or just yes, after? Yes, he was actually... Meant to be a cameo in it. Oh, shit. Oh, he was actually, really? He was actually meant to be a cameo in it, unfortunately, and passed before wow. the year uh, they finished from the film, so that's why they dedicated it to him. Oh, the film was dedicated to him, that's right, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I remember him on Smallville, he was supposed to have a bigger oh. part as well, but he only yeah. made it in two episodes. Oh, that, that episode with Christopher Reeve in Smallville, oh my God. Yeah. It was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Where you just, just get that riff, don't you? Oh, man. Yeah, and then the two of them, even you know, even you you know Ben, obviously, even the joke they made at the end, you know, where they were just like, you could see the relationship between Tom Welling and Christopher Reeve. No, yeah. thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. I was just like, oh my god, me, me, me and my brother still do this. Yes, yeah, so please call now, please. Please, 
please. <laughs> please. <laughs> Dude, the guy was the most positive and humorous person. I can't, but I can't. I mean, going from being told that you'll only ever be able to blink, yeah, uh, and never move any other part of your body, to eventually, you know, get into a wheelchair and being told that due to how you've responded to therapy and and your probably your disposition that you might one day walk again, mm. and you just no, yeah, can can make it happen. The original, the original Superman yeah. made us believe a man could fly. Absolutely. Mm. It's funny you mentioned uh, Smallville as well, actually, because uh, Brandon Routh actually auditioned for Smallville. Really? Yep, and he really? uh, Tom Welling beat him. <laughs> I wonder... Well, obviously, Tom Welling got the better end of the deal there. Mm-hmm. Funny that you mentioned that, because... First of all, I'd never heard of this actor who played Jimmy Olsen, um, Sam Huntington, but... Wasn't... He, was, he was Mimi Siku from Jungle to Jungle. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there no one else will know that if any of my family end up watching this podcast they will all know exactly who Mimi Siku is especially my dad That's... for some reason we, that was one of the films with Tim Allen in it we just absolutely loved and I just remember thinking that kid I've never seen that kid and then all of a sudden Jimmy Olsen <laughs> That's such an Agundamu thing as well it literally is <laughs> a little rand, random tidbit there but I know that your family just watched so much shit together absolutely Stuck and absolutely yeah <laughs> Yeah, crazy. Turns out, you know the bartender from uh, that you see in the film in this one, where you know Jim, the first time Superman comes out and he obviously saves the the plane. Yeah. And Jimmy Olsen is with the bartender, um, and they're like hugging it, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the guy who played Jim Olsen, the Jimmy Olsen in the original TV series. Oh, that's sick. Way back, which is, and he was obviously he was the one that put, you know, the dicky bow that you see Jimmy Olsen. He was the first person to wear it, which is why he's wearing the dicky bow in the in the. Dicky Bow in the uh, interesting. In the film. That's quite yeah. cool. So it's Jimmy hugging old Jimmy. Jimmy's these Jimmy's get around. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, they span through time. <laughs> they probably are a time lord. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, another thing as well. Tell, tell, tell who else uh, auditioned for uh, Superman in this in this film. Go on, Henry Cavill. Really, really, Henry Cavill. Tell you what, <laughs> who, who auditioned too- for Lois? Who auditioned for Lois Lane? Amy, Amy uh, Adams. Amy Adams. Right. Yeah. Oh fucking. And hell. the two people who didn't get it, and the two people who didn't get it, are now, are now the actual. Didn't Jim crazy. Jim Caviezel uh, also? He was really he really wanted to play Superman. He was pretty much set on it. I mean, he was like they were, he was like their first choice, but then Brian Singer was like, "Look, we need someone completely unknown because it's too it's Superman. It, there's just too much in it." So, I mean, he just kind of have a set as his own... I, I thought he was going to say, look, you played Jesus Christ before. He does. <laughs> <laughs> just give, give someone else a chance. Absolutely. And this, this Messiah complex is ridiculous. You need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, th- this next actor who played um, Perry White. Now, I have watched him in over 20 films, and he's absolutely brilliant, but I can never pronounce his last name. Frank Langana or Frank Langana... I don't know if it's like I thought. Is it, is it Langella? It could be like yeah. I, I watched I him in Frost know. Nixon. I watched him obviously my favorite of all time. He's Skeletor in Masters of the Universe. Oh, brilliant! Um, he's the best part of that film, hands down. So many different films, and I Loads. can never remember his name. Yeah, it's so true. So true. Now, <laughs> you really want this one? Guess who was? Guess who else was almost gonna? No, in fact, no, not even almost. Guess who was actually cast 
as Perry White, and then they had to change it the last minute. Okay, all right, hold on. Is it someone completely the antithesis oh, you will, of? You will never get this. Give me a give me a clue. Give me a hint. English. Give me more of a hint. I literally, I don't, I don't know. Like it's so out there. Like I just, I don't even know what other hint to give you. Go on. Like what? Where? What else? Name me something else they've they've been in or some house. Oh, fucking Hugh Laurie. Hugh freaking Laurie was going to be, and I, I don't mean like he auditioned. Like he was actually going to be, and then they had to change it. So the they, well, hold on. So they wrote the script with Perry White clearly being an older statesman, with Hugh Laurie cast as oh, they must have changed it. They must, they, oh, they changed, there's, there's quite a bit. In, there's quite a bit that they changed in the uh, <laughs> in wow. the in the write up. But yeah, Hugh Laurie. I kind of see it. I kind of see it. Mm. I kind of see it as house. As house. <laughs> and, 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 and I'll tell you what. Like even with an English accent, it probably still would have worked. <laughs> Uh, you know House of L, like L House. House. <laughs> L House. <laughs> wow, Hugh Laurie. Anyone else want to bring anyone else to the table for the cast? Uh, I, I have one. Oh, <laughs> shit. Here we go. Playing, playing my favourite character in this. Um, first name Shuttle, second name Engineer. So it's Shuttle Engineer. <laughs> was played by Richard Branson. Really? Yeah. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. Are you... Stop it. Richard, yeah. stop it. Richard Branson <laughs> is in... Stop it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find you the are fuck up. You're, you're, you're going to hear me type right now. You are going to, I'm sorry. Normally I pause any typing. You are literally going to hear me typing right now because I will not get lost. He's playing the shot engineer. On a Virgin Galactic oh, plane. Oh, my <laughs> Jesus. This is how he got the advertising. <laughs> oh, my lord. <laughs> that is wow. ridiculous. So you did so and well. And he was in Casino Royale! <laughs> he was in Casino Royale! What? Mate, the guy's one of the richest men on the planet. He can be in whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god. What He's like, actually... We need to so... film in a shuttle. I've got one of those. I need to film in a I've got one of those. <laughs> <laughs> he literally is one of... That is madness. So one of the people that's in the actual shuttle that Superman saves is Richard Branson. Do you remember once when we were in the Arndale and he was signing autographs in Virgin Megastore and we wanted to go in and dispute our bill? I do, I do, I do. I do genuinely genuinely remember that. We we have a problem with our our, our internet bill. Rich, Rich, yeah, let me me highlight you for one second. (laughs) I've heard stories of people that do that. I think Tom Hanks uh, corroborated this, but someone went up to him in the street uh, and instead of saying, I'm a big fan, can I have your autograph? He said, I really hated your last film. I want my money back. And Tom Hanks gave him a tenner from his <laughs> I, remember, I remember, I remember, I have actually heard that. I've heard that. I actually heard that, yeah. Uh, yeah so if I was that rich, I would do the same you thing. Just would. It's brilliant. I'd be like, it's just so endearing. Yeah, I'd be like, mate, yeah, okay, you didn't like your, the film. Here's your money back. I get, I get it. This means more to you than it does to me. Yeah. Probably. I'm going to sign the money as well. <laughs> Absolutely. That's even better because then that's, it's almost like a juxtaposition. Go on. Now, now would you spend it? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You probably wouldn't. Well, that suddenly makes that 10, 10 pounds or $10, $10,000. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Just leave it where it is. Who, 
who was that actor that did something who walked up and he like chips off something? That was Bill Murray. Like, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. No one will ever believe you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, like, it's like that with the money. Somehow he signs your money. It's like that's amazing. No one's ever gonna... So ingenious. That is so because no one will ever believe you. It's so. It's Imagine so true. like Ian comes home and he's like, guys, you won't believe what happened. Like Bill Murray, right? Someone took a chip off my plate. I was at a restaurant. And I look up. It's Bill Murray, and we just be like, sure. What? Get lost. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. And you can do that because you're Bill Murray. Absolutely. So Superman has been missing for five years since traveling to the location where astronomers believed they had discovered the remains of Krypton. During his absence, Superman's nemesis Lex Luthor was released from prison and married a rich widow to obtain her fortune upon her death. Superman, having failed in his quest to find surviving Kryptonians, returns to Earth and, as Clark Kent, resumes his job at the Daily Planet in Metropolis. He's subsequently learns that Lois Lane has won the Pulitzer Prize for her article, Why the World Doesn't Need Superman. I'm not trying to be a Brian Singer apologist here, but those first three minutes, Marlon Brando's ethereal voice, the quintessential John Williams score, and that beautifully nostalgic title sequence was fucking phenomenal. Bro, literally looking at my notes... Original score, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, <laughs> underscore, underscore, brilliant. Bro, I you cannot argue with that. Could cannot not have started me. better. I was like, this is, yeah. you know, when I started the film, obviously, you know what my memory is like, right? And I started this film, I was like, I think I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I How was can I feel like, two conflicting emotions? What is, what is happening? The son comes the father, the father comes the son, yes. I don't know what that means, but yes. <laughs> and, and I don't, I don't know how anyone could have gone away from the opening credits without a sense of enthusiasm. Mate, the same, the same font, the yeah. same John Williams music. It was on, but I was like, "This is real." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But this was before yeah. um, nostalgia fueled everything, like it does in 2022. Exactly, exactly that. And I, I think I remember in, in, you know, geeking out about it even back then. It, it reminded me that this, obviously John Williams is, is you know, one of the top ten legends of all time when it comes to anything to do with movies. And it's hard to believe that that, that Superman theme was only first used in 1978. Like, that's when it was, that's when it debuted, that's when he created it, that's when it was added to the film. And it just, I can't imagine a Superman before that, that tune existed. Yeah, I know. It's so true. It's so true. But, you know, like, Superman was around since 1939, 1937. Yeah, Action Comics, 1937, right? It was... It'd been around for half a century before that theme, just under half a century. But, you know, like, that, that is incredible. Yeah, it really was. It really was. You know, they, there's, there's so much talk about how John Williams saved Star Wars with, his, with, with the music. Mm. Like, the music gave... George Lucas a renewed focus in the edit to make the film better because it was actually pretty shit in its first in the on the first rough edit. And John Williams had done it again and again. Like they were trying to work out how to make Jaws even scarier. And again you call on John Williams Absolutely. for that score. It's pretty it's pretty good that you mentioned you mentioned the edit and the music because they were done by the same person in this film. Madness. Who does that? What, what kind of talent is that? As in, uh, as wait. in, the editor is the same person who who was, who was the film score composer for this film, John Hotman, yeah. wow. same guy who did the Usual Suspects, Public Access, 
Valkyrie, so basically pretty much all of Brian Singer's films because Brian Singer won't work without him pretty mm. much. The editor is the same person who did the music. That's crazy. That's crazy. Right. That is crazy. Doubling up. Um, well, uh, yeah, the first, okay, after the title s- sequence, you, you brought back down to Earth, literally. And this whole distant remnants of Krypton thing doesn't pay off in the slightest, does it? No. <sighs> I'm, I'm like, okay, cool. Superman went, right? Okay. Where did he go? How did he go? Where did, what, did he, where, what happened when he got there? There's no Krypton. Okay, yep. cool. So did my man fly to the spaceship, stop, look around, I was like, shit, ain't nothing here. Turn the fuck around and they get like, what? Like, yeah. Like, Agreed. What? On, what do you mean, what? I'm on his... more interested in that than I am every bit of plot in this film. So Absolutely. true. Absolutely. Aren't his powers powered by Earth's sun? Yeah. So once he left the galaxy, he'd be fucked, right? Absolutely. It's just like, I don't, I don't, I, like, I don't, what, what ship did he go in? Because it crash landed and obviously we saw it and it was some massive crater, yeah. shard, shard looking thing. And was like, isn't that ship he came in as a baby? Why does he still fit in it? <laughs> <laughs> what, like, what is going on? There's just so much that we were just like, we'll leave it. It's uh, Superman. Other than to push home the point that Clark feels very alone in the world, it achieved nothing. Absolutely. We never really found out what he saw out there, except that he was disappointed. I'll tell you what, that's the movie right there. That's the movie. Well, that's what Ian just said. Like, you're so much more interested in what Absolutely. happened while he was What happened while he out was there? there? That's what I want to know. Absolutely. And why did he fall back to Earth in a crash? Any reason? T- and why was he exhausted? Yeah. I mean, you just... You were, and here's the other thing I don't get. Okay, so it took you five years, right, to get to Krypton, wherever you thought it, where they thought it was, and, and back. Why did it take, apparently, thousands of years since he... Like, what? Like, what? Like, I don't... What? <laughs> oh, what I see what you mean. On? Yeah, because the... Yeah, because in the original, how long it takes to get to Earth from the shuttle is absolutely completely different than this get him exactly. going and getting back but yeah we'll do it in five years they've obviously improved alien space technology <laughs> on earth and during that yeah period. but who did what? <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. what it was I, just one of those things it was just it was so again so glaring but you just literally had to ignore it and again i you know i wasn't so much interested in the fact that superman's now back on earth i was more interested in is that crypto the super dog <laughs> exactly. That was exactly. that was definitely crypto, right? Absolutely. Does he have powers? That's what the film was missing. <laughs> I want to know more about the dog. And you're also left with a bit of a weird feeling that Superman Clark left his mum alone on Earth for five years. His widowed mum. Pri- come on, priorities, Clark. They they raised you. It was yeah yeah. Yeah, and I think Bob later, yeah. but even Lois, everything like he he just left. Lois, fuck it. God. Do you know what else really confused me with this film? Um, going from the start, which they, I think they needed to clarify sooner. Does Lois know Clark is Superman? It took so, me bro, probably bro, two hours into this film. I, 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 I hate to, I, she I doesn't. Know, I know we are going to spend an an, 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 an entire moment talking about this but i've literally written down i'm gonna write i'm gonna read this word for word word on, on my notes right let me just let me just i want to make sure you get this i was like give me let me just find it let me just find it okay there we, here we go here we go here we go what she just tapped him and didn't know it was clark <laughs> like 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 yeah. like like what okay you have to they're assuming that everyone's seen a superman 1978 and she doesn't know that he's Superman. <sighs> Again, it is putting a lot of credence into the fact that 
this generation have, have seen a film from 30 years ago. There's that crazy exposition from that old lady from Titanic. Well, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, not, she's not the old lady from Titanic, but she might as well have been. We might as well have been. You showed me, you show me pleasures. Ah! Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. She used to play Lois Lane? A Lois Lane. Oh, what, you mean in the old radio series? Like super old, old. Oh, wow, okay. There uh, you go. Okay. So. I thought she'd be, a, she'd be better it, then. Keeping <laughs> the Superman curse in the family. Mm. No one was there to witness the signature, so how valid could it be? Yeah, that's what I know. Man, I know. This whole thing was bullshit. Yeah, I like... know, I know. And it was just, it was just so how like no one did anything about, like no one did anything about it. Like they just left him in there. He signed. He walked out. No one, no one verified the signature. No, no one did. Like what? Yeah. What? <laughs> I... And and he, yeah, I hated the little girl screaming because you, you had to know he was a bad guy. So he has to throw his wig on a little kid and then have yeah. the kid scream in horror. Yeah. It's like, yeah. What? Yeah, it was OTT. You were just, yeah. it, it was all just boring. I'd say the whole thing. It really was. Bit of it. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was just like this is how he made his money back. Now it's, uh, the the, the it, notorious Lex Luthor got his money back by having sex with a you, you, geriatric. Woman, it, you just believe like Lex, Lex Luthor would, would would be better than that. Do you know what I mean? And how much money did this woman have? Because it, honestly, she seemed like she seemed like she had like unfettered pockets. Do you know what I mean? It was just nah. Mm-hmm. I. Also, it's a really sordid, um, as in like, you know, with supervillains, there's usually an element of cool behind their plans, whereas this is like so grubby. It just, it, 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 just, it, just, it, isn't, it just isn't Lex Luthor, do you know what I mean? Like, I get he's, I get we're like, yes, this is, we're going to show how much of a villain he is, but... I, I thought Lex they Luthor should have shown so Lex is so smart. Yeah, exactly. So clever. That money isn't a problem. He doesn't have to pretend or get with a rich millionaire. Because she's like, oh, she, she's talking all day to him as well. Like, yeah. you show me pleasures like no other. Yeah, like, exactly. I need well, your tears to put in my Genesis surely device. Surely he was like, give me $100 <laughs> in a stock market in a month. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, it's just like... Here's, the funny thing is, here's, here's, a, here's, a, here's a story that was abandoned, right, from the film. And would have worked out perfectly. And there's actually elements of it throughout the whole film. So Cal Penn was apparently meant to be a scientist that was hired by Lex to, to pose as a journalist and basically put the information that um, there was that Krypton was uh, that Krypton was, was was found. So basically what he does is he starts putting or feeding all this information as a scientist to to the media that eventually Lois and all the rest of them find, which is what prompts Superman to go off. So the oh. whole point, it was, it was actually Lex Luthor's idea to try and get Superman off the planet so that he wouldn't be around for his court case, thereby getting him off and thereby giving him the freedom to do what he wanted to do. I thought that was brilliant. Yes, why would you some, not, some context. Why would you not put that in the film? So there, oh, there's, there's elements of it and there's kind of t- t- there's like it's touched upon and it got used for quite possibly one of the worst games in existence, the Superman Returns game. We, well, we, will, talk about, we will talk about that later. <laughs> But yeah, it was like it's. That, I thought that was brilliant. That that's Lex Luthor. Do you know what I mean? The, the it absolutely makes a lot more sense and adds credence and context. But the film's two and a half hours, and I think too long. I think yeah, it, it's really too long. And he he actually shaved off fifteen minutes. So that's probably part of what was under in the up on the yeah. chopping room floor. But if yeah. the movie had been half an hour shorter than it actually was, I can't imagine it being any longer. So. As amazing as that is, I'm just 
glad it got me to the finish line quicker. <laughs> um, there is so many. I, there's a button uh, when you're when you're viewing this on PlayStation because I watch this on Amazon on PlayStation. You you hit it to fast forward ten seconds, and it was my best friend for this film. <laughs> there was so much shit when watching someone walk or drive or go in a lift or fucking float or lift. I'm just still like, yeah, get it. It's, it just how wore me down. How fucking like, much did that did the scene drag where he's getting kicked around by Lex and the henchmen? Yeah. It was. It, it went was, on forever. Yeah. It, it, do you know what? It, it was like the passion. I think like I get, I get, I get the, I get the gravity of it. Here, like in like it was meant to, it was meant to kind of show like this is this is Superman. Do you know what I mean like? But I get it. It should have been. It should have been more to it. Um, it should have been more impactful. Well, it was impactful, but it should have been more concise. Is the best way to put it. But for me, it was stuff like, like genuinely, like when he when he's. I, and I understand it's the whole. It's the first time he's him and Lois have that own moment again, and he floats her up to the to like. I don't know the freezing temperatures up in the freaking stratosphere, uh, and then and then he's like, "I'll take you back now." Okay, cool. So we got there pretty quickly. Why does he have to fly past our house? Uh, Why does he fly yeah. past our house? Where did you Where did you go? <laughs> do, yeah. do you know what I mean <laughs> that that scene on on the rooftop? I've realised that the boys have has given me a complex because I got mad Homelander vibes. <laughs> yeah. it's so, it's so, I, I couldn't so get out of my head. Like when he confronts her and he says, uh, oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't smoke Miss Lane. I was expecting him to knock her head off <laughs> <laughs> or burn her with the cigarette or something. Absolutely. He just lays, he lasers her hand off. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's because so he is true. a little bit rapey in this. <laughs> You know, like how he's constantly like he's always watching, and you know he says certain things like "I'm always around." I'd be like, "That's that's gonna keep me up at night." Thanks. He does. He does. He does do some creeping, but let's let's face it. Then day, Superman. (laughs) If he wants to creep, you ain't stopping him. He do what the fuck. Yeah, I mean, with his X-ray vision, he's pretty much the creepiest guy. Absolutely. He's that bit where she's like, "Where's my recorder?" He's like, "It's in your right pocket," and you're like, "Oh." Because you've been checking out her tits. You can see through (laughs) all my clothes. Right. That's great. But then why say the film is a sequel to another film and then have the characters be nothing like the characters from that other film? Because the same with Lois. It's, um, you know, this this Lex Luthor is is nothing like the Gene Hackman Lex Luthor. And this, this Lois, I know she's a mother now and... I get that it changes people, but what the fuck happened to her energy and tenacity? You know, she's not the like the lowest that Margaret Kidder portrayed. Yeah, they are very different. Like, funny enough, I read I read a critic talking about how this uh, Lex Luthor was actually better than Gene Hackman's. And to fair, in, to extent, in terms of the way that he put it, he was like he was it was like less of the um, less of the theatrical flair more of the maniacal I was like yeah to be fair I kind of get that actually it's probably more, more modern Lex Luthor and I still because again I've, I've read a few things where they say like this was meant to be this was meant to take this Superman into its own timeline like so obviously the, the sequel that was meant that was greenlit for a little bit that got destroyed by delays and the right strike and everything eventually got cancelled so they were going to take it in a different direction um, which was why they did that and, ev- and everyone had, had actually signed on for it as well from the get-go, unfortunately, I think the setting is just so imposing. Like you said, it's just not that Lois Lane. It's 
give it to Brandon Ralph. I was in that is that is literally that is the Superman, hundred percent. When Christopher Reeve played Clark Kent, right, the character, he was playing the character straight, but he let us know that he was kidding. Yeah, and I didn't get that at all from Brandon oh. Ralph. Now listen to what I said. I said that was the same Superman, Clark Kent. Absolutely not. Like, pff, no, not at all. There was, there was, there, there, think about it. There basically was no Clark Kent in this film. <laughs> I just have, I just have a whole bunch of notes of just questions. <laughs> Let's hear some of your questions. I was just like, what ship did Clark go in? Why can Lex activate the, the, the crystals? Why can he understand it? You act like you've been here before. What did that mean to him? How does he know where it is? Graveyard. Well, and so you talk about it, and they're like, he says that the Krypton is a graveyard. Where? Tries to ask the question without answering them. Crystals plus water. What? EMP. What? From crystals. <laughs> literally just, it's just, it's literally just, every, down to the Audi car. What year? I swear that's a 1995 Audi. What the fuck is doing? <laughs> it's literally just a bunch of questions. Cell phones. What? And with the camera. How far are we into technology? It's just, it's just, it's just literally just a bunch of fucking questions um, that I've just written down. <laughs> I've got a few random fucking, like, so we're not going to explain where the film is what's happened in the past where he's been all this shit that actually matters and people who who came to see this film probably want answers to but we are going to take 10 minutes to go and explain that he was a kid at one point who didn't know how to fly and now he does oh do you know what I've just made the link it's probably because everyone would be like why doesn't his son know all this shit and it's like right well spoiler yeah puberty it's just clicked no, no, no. There's, there's, right, there's one bit that that proper made me chuckle, is when he has the baseball or like the the tennis ball, or whatever. I just fucking dicks. Oh, his dog bro, completely. bro, bro! I, like, you know when he touched it, I just literally went, like, "What? Like, what a like, dick! Fuck your ball!" Absolutely. Like, what a dick! Like I was just like, "Why did you do that? Did you blame well, me?" Like you, we know you have full control of your abilities at this yeah. point. Your dog wants to play with you. You just think, "Fuck it, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna flex my cock right now, and, and, and that dog will just yeah. have to deal with it." <laughs> so so loves people, so hates animals. <laughs> 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 He's flying along, just slapping I birds did, right I, out of the it's, sky. It's so, fu- it's so funny you said that because I literally remember thinking that I was like, "What a dick!" Mm. <laughs> Your dog has waited five I'm, motherfucking years for you to come not- back. <laughs> it's not that he threw it it's that he then didn't go and get it <laughs> like, fuck you twice I could get there in a split second oh god no <laughs> you, you want to shut on the carpet this is what you <laughs> I've been gone five years and this I gotta go back to this oh, fuck your toy <laughs> Yeah, they've, they've not done a good job of endearing us to... <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Luther travels to the Fortress of Solitude and steals Kryptonian crystals, which he uses right for... bullshit. Yeah. Calling bullshit. Or are we, we, you throwing out a bollocks card? Oh, man, I'll throw yeah. out... Man, there's like four or five just from there. Mate. I'll go back to my questions. <laughs> Honestly... God. I mean, I don't know a lot about Superman and the, the, the Fortress of Solitude stuff. Does that place not have all the technology, all the shit that they have in the Fortress? Do they not have a fucking, like, pin code 
or a fucking <laughs> door latch. <laughs> or fucking like. So tell me, every, t- tell me everything. Of... Sure, person who's clearly not my son or absolutely. Yeah, he doesn't have I'm, a voice. He thinks I'm his son. son. His son. Why? Why? They can in literally, they can literally capture Jorel's entire kind of essence and personality and 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 station and person in technology and saved his but they have his, no his memory in crystals but he doesn't know who the fuck is saying it so everyone gets the information yeah. what I, I mean Anton you said it before and it was like the first thing it's actually the first thing I wrote for the entire film was if this is a sequel to Superman and, it, and it's following the plot from Superman 1978 how the fuck does he even know the Fortress of Solitude how exists? does he know it's there he literally just and it, it's not even like oh oh well oh it turns out we're looking he 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 steals the freaking yacht and it's just like yo fortress now what yeah. the, the direct and it's just like oh oh there's so there's so much so much and then and then he's going around and he's like oh he picks a crystal and he just happens to pick the introductory crystal oh. that that gives in the beginning to everything oh, and then shit. we're yeah. all sitting there and then we're all sitting there thinking how the fuck does he know how to do this and then fucking Parker Posey comes up and is just like, you, you act like you've been here before. But then what? nothing follows on from that. What? What? You start to think, did we miss Superman 1.5? Absolutely. It's a joke. They literally, he, they, and you know that line was put in there purely because everyone at that point was thinking that. And they put it in. And I'm guessing it was meant to resonate with us. No, no, no. You literally just saw everything what we're thinking and put it in a freaking film. So answer the question. I... Uh, I don't think it's fair if each of us throw a bollock card to the same point. So who's going to do it? Because I've got mine I'm ready. Doing it. Ian's I, doing I, it. I, I'm, I'm going to have to throw it. So you can throw... The thing is, though, you say that, right? But you've, you've done one. One for the location. Let's, I, let's, let's double team this. No, I'll throw, I will throw the bollocks card for the location. Okay. Cool. You can throw right. the bollocks card for... The, the, the technology. I'm throwing one for the fact that I, the guy knows I'll, what I'll he's doing. I'll save one for later. I'll save one for later. I'm, I'm, well, I'm so. definitely throwing one for the fact that for some reason Lex Luthor, n- not a single Kryptonian bone in his body, knows how to use this thing. Fuck off. Bollocks. Yeah. Straight away. Yeah. Uh, so that's two bollocks cards. Yep. And um, Luthor travels to the Fortress of Solitude and steals Kryptonian crystals, which he uses for an experiment that causes a power outage on the East Coast. The power loss interferes with the flight test of a space shuttle to be launched into space from its piggyback mounting on an airliner occupied by Lewis Lane, who is covering the shuttle <laughs> story. Clark flies into action as Superman and stops the plane from crashing out, or crashing onto a baseball stadium. Okay, we've just gone from a, you know, a negative section, and it's only fair if I throw out... The airplane scene was kind of cool. Oh, mate, it wasn't kind of cool. The airplane scene was incredible. I liked it. It was classic comic book. Mate, I thought it was brilliant. It was yeah, absolutely it, brilliant. It, it I mean, starts... let's face it. I, there is so much wrong with this film, but when it gets things... When, there are certain things that it does get right, and that scene was one of them. To the point where Brian Singer was like, yeah, I should have just started that, the film with that. But he actually, that was actually one of the things he said. Yeah, I probably should have just started the film with that. Yeah, it's eye-catching. I mean, it's absolutely. attention-grabbing. It's very, it's very comic book, the way it starts with a news report. It, you know, Clark takes notice. He starts to move with urgency. You get that sign-off Boy Scout line, you know, where he's like, statistically, it's still the safest way to travel. Again, straight homage to Christopher Reeve saying that in, in, the, in the first film. Yeah, well. 
So it's like, it, like, it's brilliant. I mean, for me, it was even certain things where, like, you know, like, the, the plane is spinning, so he tries to counter, he tries to counter spin it with uh, the other, like, other direction while holding the wing, but then that causes the wing to rip off, and then he falls off. And it's like, mate, how, how can you have such brilliance like that well, and decide to not put it in for, like, 45 minutes of the entire film? Well, I'm afraid that, you know, with, with every masterstroke of this film comes another bollocks card, because I'm going to have to throw another one immediately. Oof. How is Lois Lane's body not a bag of bones? Absolutely, oh, it's, so, it's so true. I'm, yeah, it's so true. It was. I was thinking that the entire time. She just got manner handled. <laughs> um, I'm throwing a bollocks card, mate. There is not a like, just the way she hits the back of that plane, like. Every Wait, part, the, the back, she's the back, up, the, down, the floor, front. the ceiling. At one point, she's literally on the ceiling, looking at some guy in his chair. It's just like right. she's everywhere. She at least split her head open. Oh man, she should have. Yeah, definitely. Not, not, not any point does she have any mark or bruise or anything. No, nope. no, nope. nope. just comes away absolutely. Mm. So, Probably that Superman scene. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, still flowing in her body. We, we should consult. Kevin Smith, for the first time, and it won't be the last time on this podcast, Brody says in More Rats, how he, how he was able to shoot his load and not it go right through her back. Oh, there's, there is, there is, there is, there is so much, I mean, How a kid me, didn't kick through her stomach. For me, it's one of the most, and we're, we're probably obviously shooting far ahead, but if we're, gonna, if we're talking about it, it's one of the most egregious things about this film. The fact that as, as, and as you know, as, as comic book geeks, it's one of the biggest, biggest topics of conversation. Could Lois ever have Superman's kid? And it's almost the general consensus that we... Well, aside from the fact that in this, in this continuity of Superman, you don't get your powers till puberty. And I know that in other continuities of Superman, they say that, but then at the same time, yeah, we've seen a lot of kids with... Uh, Kryptonian kids with powers, but... Again, it's the whole thing with him and him and Wonder Woman. Like basically, Wonder Woman's probably the only person that could, that could have, exactly, mm. have his kid. And it's like, what gives? What makes you think, Brian Singer and everyone else, that you have the right to therefore put one of the biggest comic book questions to rest? It kind of adds to um, a vocal minority of Superman fans who might suggest the fact that she doesn't know he's Clark Kent and the fact that they've clearly boned. Is rape by deception? <laughs> yeah. Wow, we are going in. I mean, you know, because there's always in the film, there's always like this. It's implied that they don't look in Smallville. He's not Superman. He's just Clark Kent. You know. Yeah. And therefore, yeah. he can bone whoever he wants because he's only lying about what he can do, not who he is. Mm-hmm. Whereas she thinks she's having sex with Superman when she's having sex with her perverted coworker, who she has already rebuffed. He's the world's greatest statutory rapist. <laughs> so many questions. So many it questions. just, I just like, I don't, I don't know. It just does. I don't. I, when, mm. when, 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 and and like, was 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 she seeing Richard at the time? Because that's the only way there could be confusion about the fact that it's Richard's kid. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't actually tell us how soon after. Um, Superman 1 finishes does he leave it just says that he left for 5 years so I don't know if there was a period after the film where they got to the smoochies 
what I was taking it, where we've skipped a load of time and he's been gone five years. But yet, yeah, Lois Lane is, the only way Lois Lane's become ten years younger. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. she's 22 now. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of feel like they gave up with this film. A they did. Like, like, none of it really matters. It's just... This is Brian Singer. Film. The studios are probably saying to him, like, um, are you sure that this is the way you want to go? Is this... You sure this makes sense? And he'd just be like, well, you've seen X-Men 1 and 2, right? Exactly, exactly. I was just about to say that. You've seen X-2, right? Shut up. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Movies are a feeling. That's all that matters. Yeah. Just triggering feelings. Because that's not that X-2 was freaking brilliant. So it was just like, yes, let's just do what we want. Yeah. The, um, the only other point I had on this section was, and I guess it is part of a bigger concern, Jimmy Olsen, he is in this film just because he's Jimmy Olsen. He does fucking nothing. The character yep. has no direction whatsoever. He is aimless as fuck. He's only in it because they're like, well, this is a Superman film. Uh, it needs a Jimmy Olsen. No. If a character is dead weight and brings nothing to the film, cut. Cut the cunt. Oh, but he doesn't cut anything from this film, apparently. Well, <laughs> so by the one time, I'm going to watch Martha walk to her car, get in her car, drive to the spaceship, get out the spaceship, take the key out the ignition, walk to the ship, walk around the ship, fucking then find Clark. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's good. Went to the ship. Can, you, can you imagine a character like Jimmy Olsen existing in, in Christopher Nolan's Batman universe? Where there's a character on screen for... I mean, I think he's on screen for maybe seven, eight minutes, which is a lot of time, I guess. And, you know, Christopher Nolan would be right up in his face at the character, I mean, and be like, what the fuck are you doing here? You're not bringing anything to the plot. You're not moving the plot along. You're not posing any philosophical or dramatic questions. You are absolutely useless. It's, it's funny because playing devil's advocate, I actually really like Jimmy Olsen in this, but you're 100% correct. It, it, you could take yeah, him out of the film and nothing. Do, we, do we need him to explain to Clark that uh, Lois is, has got a kid? I mean, y- you know it's show, don't tell. He, he could be enjoying a conversation with Lois thinking, yeah, I'm getting right back in where I left off. And then someone says, hey, mommy. And she turns around and she's got a kid. And mm. then she goes and kisses the kid's dad. And that's, mm. that's the look you get. Why does yeah. Jimmy have to sit in a bar and, and start explaining everything? It, it's because it's like, if that happens, you're like, oh, it's Superman's kid. And this film's like, we need to invest a lot of time telling you and convincing you it is not Superman's kid. I think the whole, thing... we, we've got like five bombs to drop to be like it's not his. Oh, it's dude, not his. no, I can't Just believe. So we can be like, guess what? I can't it subscribe. I, I can't subscribe to that. I cannot subscribe to a, to a theory that they were trying to hide the fact that this was Superman's kid. You know, yeah, well, they, I mean, they blatantly were. No, no, the it's so, but it, no, but it's so thinly veiled. It's so thinly veiled. So the whole point, there, there, there were. They were meant. To, they were. Try, they were. Try, they, 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 there was attempts at it at first, but then. It's just—it's meant to be like oh, you start the, the film is... with with a snippet of dialogue. Look, first of all, Marlon Brando had so many epic lines in the original Superman film. Why do they pick out the f- only line that pertains to a father and a son relationship if it's not Superman and his son? I think purely just of, of the fact that at the end of the day, like I said, there's the whole thing about the fact that can Lois have Superman's kid? And if you ask anyone, any comic book person or any person knowledge, then no. Or any anyone, the answer is no. So, so you're I saying think, they're playing on the on the culpability of being able to convince the audience that they would never do something so stupid. 
absolutely mate 100 percent. it's one of the biggest things that annoyed me about this film i mean fair enough i could have probably well i say at the time the very first time i watched it i could probably accept certain things even though a lot of things didn't happen in the film but mate i was just like are you freaking serious really it it, it just that genuinely and again sorry to cut ahead when i saw that piano get shoved it wasn't it was are you fucking serious i'm done i'm done with this film Really, I saw it coming a mile off, man. I was like, I'm done with this film, genuinely. First of all, the, the, kid, oh, the, the kid was so creepy that <laughs> there was, the, he was either the... Just like his dad. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, In this film, really. He's like the, he's like the omen. He's, he's Damien. He's like the creepy girls from The Shining. He's like, come play with us. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm actually convinced that he was the Antichrist. <laughs> you know, hu- human beings are complicated. He could be the seed of Satan, or he could be a half superhuman, half respiratory challenge kid with awkward social skills. You just don't know with people. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's, it's so true. But yeah, I think. I mean, to go back to kind of Jimmy, I think it generally. I think thinking about it, the only reason he was in it was because at the end of the day, if Clark has no one else technically Metropolis aside from Lois, and if we find out that obviously Lois has now a family. It literally is, what the fuck is Clark doing in Metropolis aside from working? So they kind of needed to give him someone. So cue Jimmy. To, to, to back off a little bit, I'm not saying that uh, having Jimmy Olsen in a Superman film is, is a bad thing. But give him something to do. Don't just have him be um, a, an exposition filter for the audience. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Spacey destroyed a train set, and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Let's go fuck up a train set. Okay, okay. Lex Luthor. What is that? Is that the part we're at now? Is that the part we're at? Well, we, in, yeah, because he just he, he just caused the uh, blackout, didn't he? Oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. The then, then, then this is this is this is the very this is the, the this is the very perfect time then to talk about the fact that is this film not the absolute advertisement for crystal meth? Just, just put it in water, grow it, do what the fuck you want with it. It's brilliant. It will give you money, land. What the actual? Where the fuck did they put that freaking? Oh, that's it. Crystals. Do you not know supervise crystals. They water, water. That's what the fuck you needed. Water. H two fucking O. Fuck the sun. That's all you needed. Let's build a whole new fucking planet with water. What? Where did that come from? I have and, a theory about this. And, and, and not only that, and, sorry, sorry to step you in, sorry to step you in, no. do not forget your theory, but not only that, the Fortress of Solitude is in ice. Shit loads of fucking water. Why the hell is there not another planet sticking out of Earth at the top of Earth right now? Yeah. It's, it's a fucking joke. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? I'm pretty sure that meth needs at least 10 days <laughs> of sustained water. Not, not that, not that, not, this, this isn't crystal meth, this is krypton meth. You know what I mean? This is, this, this, this shit grows instantly. Methamphetamine, let's leave I got a secret for you, Lois. <laughs> <laughs> I got a secret <laughs> oh fucking hell! Oh god! <laughs> because, uh, I want to. Do you want a cheeseburger, man? <laughs> I'll suck your dick, man. <laughs> and that's the first time I ever sucked a dick. Oh my god! Hold on. Yeah, <laughs> hey, that's Lex Luthor. That's the to this film. He sucked a dick to get some Absolutely. fucking. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And that's the first time I ever had pussy for some racks. <laughs> 
I just got that, that song in my head now from um, Reno 911. He goes, don't mess with the meth, Beth. <laughs> don't mess with the meth, Seth. <laughs> don't mess with the meth, Gwyneth. <laughs> rhyming. Don't mess with crystal meth. <laughs> what was your theory in? Sorry to disturb that. I took that away from you. So I wondered if, if he thought, right, there's going to be a second one. This first one's going to like blow the socks off everyone. I wondered if, because she, like, we're skipping way, way, way ahead with this, sorry. But I had a theory that with all these rocks and it all, blo- like, growing this, like, random shit. Let me out. stop you right there, Ian. I know exactly what you're going to say. You're saying that the second film would have focused on crack. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's way, worse but... than meth? How can we escalate this? <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a theory that he, um, when Superman spoilers launches... The, the, the rocks and the crystals into space and it just like floats off if they were going to skip forward again and then have like that become the new Krypton it's funny you mentioned that because that was actually going to be part of the plot point for the second movie really they were Fucking. actually going to incorporate the uh, floating new Krypton floating practically into, into it so yeah they fucking set it up to didn't they mm. pretty much going to put everything that's used to create a Krypton on one floating rock, and then we're going to push it into space. <laughs> what would have been great is if they left fucking Lex Luthor on it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. The world rejoices at Superman's return, but he has difficulty coping with Lois, his fiance, Richard White, nephew of Daily Planet editor-in-chief Perry White, and their five-year-old son, Jason. With Superman distracted by an out-of-control vehicle, a diversion involving Lex Luthor's henchwoman, Kitty Kowalski. Luthor steals kryptonite from the Metropolis Museum of Natural History. Perry then assigns Lois to interview Superman while Clark investigates the blackout. Lois and Jason inadvertently board Lex Luthor's yacht and are captured after Lois decides to hold interest in the blackout story, which she connects to Luthor's experiment. He reveals to them his grand scheme of using one of the stolen Kryptonian crystals, which he has combined with the kryptonite to grow a new continental landmass in the North Atlantic Ocean that will supplant the continental United States and kill millions of innocent people. All right, well, okay, I'm going to say something positive. I love Perry White going entirely in journal, almost popoleptic journalist within. It's like, how do you cover the entire journalistic spectrum in 30 for, seconds? For me, it was, you know, like it was just that is an editor. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, he understood fully fashion. Is that a new suit? I was like, mate, he's nailed it. Lifestyle, who's he with? Oh, it's absolutely I, I, I even wrote politics. it down. How does this affect his life? It was unbelievable. That's, ex- that's exactly what an editor should do. You know what I mean? They should yeah. have that knowledge and experience to be able to do that. And off the cuff, just understand the impact and how I can get every facet of this into different elements and sell it. Oh, it's brilliant. And get so the well title of the film into the... <laughs> into the into exactly. Into the, yeah, sports, you know, the plane, how are they going to get out of the stadium? Travel, where did he go? Vacation, if so, where? Gossip, has he met someone? Fashion, is that a new suit? Health, what's he been eating? Has he put on weight? Business, how does it affect the stock market? Politics, does he still stand for truth and justice, justice. in the American way? Lifestyle, Superman, Superman Returns. returns. That's, a, do you know what, that's probably my favourite scene in the whole film. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's so well done. It is really, really well done. Nailed it. And it made me feel like I was in the comic yeah, you know, yeah. it was actually really nice, really nice. This made you feel, this made you, made you feel like you were part of the Daily Planet. Yeah, it was good scene. Ian clearly loved it. 
by this point, I was like, he's like, I was asleep. I hate to tell you, this is the only comparison I can think of is we've all seen Spider-Man's origins to fucking death and then Homecoming come along. And that was the first like reignition of a Spider-Man where I was like, holy shit, this is like, I enjoyed Amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man, but it was great to not have to start again. And I kind of felt, I know know this is a a continuation, but when he went into the Daily uh, Daily Planet, I was a little bit like, okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. hope we're not going to spend much time here. Just, <laughs> just the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. We really get into the story now where Clark is miserable um, because, you know, everything's changed or at least the most important thing to him has changed. Is he really deeply hurt to find out that she's with someone? Because if he is, Brandon Routh does not sell it. I, I th- so, like, for me, and at first I thought so, but... and. I think there's there's snippets of this in throughout the film, which is pretty good. He's Superman, and he has a job to do. So much so, obviously, like he's flying off, and he he's flying off to to wherever this new con- again. Sorry to skip ahead, but he's flying off towards this new continent. Obviously, knows that that Lois is out there because he has the coordinates, and obviously he sees the cracks, and he's like, the greater good first. Do you know what I mean? that makes sense? So you see elements of it and yes you don't see it that much or that well and I don't know how Superman's meant to show up but this is the issue like I said there's no Clark Kent do you know what I mean like that for me that's a Clark Kent thing and it makes and it really shows with Clark Kent and I think you know what I think that's what probably puts Smallville so far ahead of its time because we've also we've all seen Kill Bill and we've all seen the scene where it says like Superman is the only person where his costume is the human that makes sense yeah so it's like Superman is actually the real person and his costume is a human and this fumbling kind of, uh, kind of bumbling idiot that is Clark Kent originally was the costume. He, sees, he, has, to, he has to kind of seem, seem meager to offset being Superman. Because that's Superman's... That's how he sees the human race. Sees the human race. Whereas with Smallville, it was the first time it was like, no, 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 no. This is Clark... Clark Kent is this person and this is Clark Kent and Kal-El joining together to become the, the, the homeostasis between both, as in, I get it now. This is where I'm coming from. And it very much is a, almost a human learning to become the alien. That makes sense? And, and this is the other way around. This is, the, oh, this is very much the other way around, where it's like, at the end of the day, Superman. And Superman first and foremost. And he's Superman all of it. And there was no Clark Kent in it. And the world connection that he has to... Even... even and, and again, this, this probably... this probably Sorry to keep, to keep going on. This probably even... Um, is probably so much more evident and why it's so much more weird in that because he's Superman and he's so Superman and he's gone off and slept with Lois Lane. It's like, what? It just, it just doesn't make sense. There's no connection. It's Superman. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If well, Clark can't slept with Lois, Lois Lane, I'd get that. I, the thing is that I, this film on paper is doing the right things because it highlights how it's not fun being superman you know you're living a lie nobody to confide in you're in love with someone but you can't express it you're on call 24 hours a day as you've just said depending on who superman depending on who clark uh, wants to be more whether he wants to be superman or he wants to be clark kent it doesn't matter because the way that they portray it in the film is bogging us down with an unnecessary love triangle that no one even knows is happening absolutely absolutely there's no exploration at all of Okay, I'm back. It's been five years. How do how do I deal with this? It's just I'm back. Where's Lois? Yeah. Oh, great. And this Richard character is is purer than the driven snow. There's nothing between them that is is conflict. 
you know, mm. and there, and I think also part of the problem is that there, there was a, there was clear and obvious chemistry between Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder. Mm. I don't feel that with Ralph and Bosworth. Mm. I don't it's get just, that at all. Yeah, it's interesting to see whether, where, like, if there was a sequel, where would they have taken it? Because obviously Richard was fine, Lois was fine, and they've got this kid. So it's like, what would they have done? Yeah, Superman's just like, well, what? Ke- what? Kevin what? Smith what? said, man, this this is an emo Superman, but. I just found him subdued. You know, some would say that, yeah, yeah. Kevin Smith would say he's emo, but at least emo people have something to say for themselves. This Superman had nothing to say. He just watched things. He was just like, oh, I, I was away for five years, and now I'm, I'm shocked to find that the guy I liked has moved on, and I'm just going to keep watching. I'm just going to perv over her and her new family. He literally would have been a side character in this, in this, in the, in the, because it's like, every, every, everyone else has moved on. And Superman just happens to be there saving the world. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. what, what, would they, what would they have done? Yeah. Half the fun of Superman as a character is that he still actually enjoys being Superman. He enjoys being a Boy Scout. He enjoys yeah. being truth and justice in the American way. And he enjoys the chase of trying to have, but have it both ways. Yeah. Whereas this Superman is just wallowing in self-pity. Anyway... Some good stuff happens here as well. I like the scene with the machine guns. I thought that was very Terminator. It was very it much... It was, but why the fuck did it happen? Because like, they're, 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 they're robbing... Because they needed a cool scene. Ian's going to hit the nail on this one. It literally was... It, it just happened. It but but weren't happen. they, wasn't it during a heist? So it was doing the heist, and it was just—it was just—it was just a general heist. It was just Superman just being Superman. It wasn't it wasn't linked to anything in the greatest story. At they time. were Lex Luthor's men. Were they? I thought there was because wasn't because didn't wasn't there a scene there was a, the the whole thing with Kitty in the car was meant to distract Superman, Superman. whilst yeah. Lex was at the museum they were at a bank heist and Kitty was driving a car. Okay, so what we're we saying this this scene was Did just showing that Superman's burying himself in his work. The bank heist so. was literally fucking. You don't even see inside the bank. You see a guy on a roof. The police pull up. And he's like set up this elaborate fucking machine gun, starts blasting all the cops, and then fucking, it's just all random shit. And I'm like, you've got all the money to buy all those weapons and have all that stuff. You spent all the time setting that shit up. I'm like, Aren't I'm, you I'm guessing bank? it was. I'm guessing it was. Distra- I'm guessing doing. it was. If if it would make sense if it was Vex guys, because it was all part of the distraction and keeps Superman busy whilst we go to the museum and and take the kryptonite. I'm assuming. The, the bullet to the eye thing is like, what did that do yes, for, for the film? It's, it's Superman. Exactly. And he can take bullets what to the, the fuck? eyes. I don't care who you were. Like, I don't care if I was a superhero. I don't think I would let anyone shoot me in the eye just to prove that they could shoot me in the eye. Like, I think, I was mean, he proving it too? No one was fucking watching. I, I think, I didn't I get think the... that, that scene, first and foremost, was 100. Like, cause I actually wrote it down as well. It very much was a homage to the actually faster than a speeding bullet. They showed the bullet. But he wasn't faster than a speeding moment. bullet because it hit him in the eye. But I mean, like, it was going to, it was going to, it was going to, if he didn't stand there, it would have hit the guards, you know, the security men. So that's why he was yeah. stood there. You, so, yes, you wouldn't the one in the eighties where he, he does it, where, where he, um, he tests uh, Superman and Superman shows up and he's like, you want to see how fast I am? And he fires a gun at Lex Luthor. And then runs and catches the bullet, and he's like, "I'm fast in a bullet." He did all this shit in front of Lex Luthor, and I was like, "That was really cool," and I really enjoyed that scene. 
this random fucking machine gun thing. I loved watch. I think of when we watched it originally. I loved watching it, and that was in the advert, and that's what caught my trailer. attention. It, yeah, it was trailer because I was trailer. like, "Oh, that's it was badass!" Yeah, it was. Trailer and now I, just, I think watching it this time, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" I don't get why it's. It would have been boring as fuck without scenes like that, but I mean, it was already boring as fuck. <laughs> Just, it's, it's it was kind of a of a Michael Bay um, esque yeah. idea. Yeah. I I just yeah. I, I figured that if I turned on the audio commentary and it was Brian Singer speaking, he'd be like, "What do you think the most irreducible, most insanely incredible part of the human body is? It's the eyes, you know." Like, that, and I'd be like, "Yes, but what about Superman? What about the plot? Like the eyes, they're the gateways to the soul." <laughs> All style, but no substance. But it was cool. It was, I, it was cool. Mm. It was cool to watch, hundred percent. And and to be fair, let's face it, the film needed it. You can literally put, you can put the action down to kind of four major scenes, and that was one of them. So as generic as they are. Seeing Jason seemingly have a slight reaction to kryptonite, Luther asks who Jason's father really is. The crystal begins to create Luther's new landmass, while Lois attempts to escape but is attacked by a henchman. Jason throws a piano at the henchman, killing him and showing that he is actually Superman's son. Meanwhile, Superman is attempting to minimise the destruction in Metropolis caused by the new land mass growth when Richard arrives in a seaplane to rescue Lois and Jason. Superman soon arrives to help and then flies off to find Luther. You know, this is taking a contrarian point of view, but I'm going to reject that the idea of this film being Superman as the hero, because clearly it's fucking Richard. <laughs> He's the only one who doesn't try and seduce someone else's fiance. Doesn't abandon yeah. all those that loved him for five years, and is always there to save people yeah. in his plane. You know, like, you know, like I said, I was talking about that sequel and how, like, if we had a sequel, like, you'd have to. It, Superman would be a. It literally is that. It, it, you, the, because of the way it's done, you couldn't have Superman and kind of Lois's family to get together. You choose. You choose one or the other. The, 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 the film would have to focus on one or the other one, then the other thing, the other thing would get cast aside. If you had a sequel, 100%, you'd have to focus on Superman and all that because it's, they're, they're just so, there's just such a nucleus and they're just so set. And like I said, Richard is just so reliable. <laughs> like, that how, that, that guy's so damn fucking reliable. Absolutely. Like, what, what, like, what, what would you, what, if, in a sequel, what would you do? You couldn't have Lois and Superman get together. Richard is there. And let's face it, Richard's a far better suit at the moment. At the moment. But who does that? Who puts a character like Richard in a film like it's this? It's crazy. Yeah. A guy that has no fault. He's got nothing... Like, if anything, Superman... Uh, of the two of them, Superman is the flawed individual. Absolutely. And that's fine, but you've got, you, you can't pretend like not everyone has a flaw. Mm. What is Richard's flaw? Oh, that's crazy. It's, he, it's, it's, his, his perfect hair and teeth, like. <laughs> Again, do you think they, they they had it planned for the sequel? They're like, oh, you won't believe what Richard really fucking is. Like, well, I tell you, he's actually an he, arms he ain't fucking cyclops. That's what <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what the funny thing you want to know what Richard's floor is? It's Lois. <laughs> Let's face it. She's, she's gone. She's gone off and done what the hell she wants to Superman. Lied to him for five years and then raised the kid as his own. If, as soon as he finds out, he's like, are you freaking serious? Did and she no know way. that he was Superman? Did she know who the father was until he threw that piano? She, she, this is the thing. That, like, even if she didn't know, right? She knew it was a possibility. Let's, let's, not, let's, not, let's not fuck about it here. She knew, she knew it was a possibility. That unknown is enough. Rich is out here doing shit, flying with a plane, doing what he needs to do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And she's off here flying with Superman, getting pregnant and shit. I'm sorry, like, that's his flaw. Lois is his floor. Not getting 
killed by the next lover who turned into the phoenix. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly that. God, I hate that film. So why, why Lois decides that in, in this day and age she's going to get onto a random boat with her child. Because she's a terrible mother. And, and, leave, and, yeah. leave, and leave, leave her fucking cell phone because people just do that nowadays, yeah. That's the one place you'd leave your cell phone, in your car, visible for everyone to see. What? <laughs> what the hell? Mm. Poor choices, Lois. Poor choices. You're supposed to be Lois Lane. Yeah. And in this movie, she's, she's just zapped of all of her... In the, all, all of the things that make uh, the, the character of Lois Lane such a pioneer of, of female empowerment in fiction. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's yeah, it's... it's I mean... You can play. You can play devil's advocate and say like it's not just a man in this case because it's freaking Superman. Let's face it. You'd expect Superman to save. Lois, but the whole but, but the whole film, all she does is pine over Superman, even when he's back, and be like, "Can't believe you left me." Yeah, I'm yeah. pretending to be happy with someone else. It's just like the balance. The balance that you found. But it's, it's not even a triangle, is it? It's not because it's it's Lois, Richard, Superman, and Clark. Yeah, I know. I mean, you think you think that would be easy to get some fucking interesting commentary? <laughs> it's funny because the balance that the balance that they managed to find with the originals, um, was, Lois was still very much even even when Superman saved her, it was almost like the last resort. Like Lois would still very much take it to the edge to the point where, again, a lot of the time it was Superman being like you're almost kind of implying you're risky. Do you know what I mean? Does that mm. makes sense. And you, they tried to kind of give that with the fact that she was not willing to let the blackouts go. The fact that she was willing to 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 go and kind of go and explore it on her own, but you wouldn't go do that with your son, and you wouldn't go do that, and make poor decisions, and you just not not the lowest we knew. Do you know what I mean? She mm-hmm. was very kind of damsel in distress, and yeah, and it all leads to the yacht, which is probably the most boring scene in the film. Yeah, you know when the uh, the kids playing the piano, and then the guy with the bald head. With the... Did anyone notice what the tattoo was? It was a clown. Mm. It looked like a joker. Well, I wonder what the fuck that choice was made for. No, it, was, it, it, it says in the trivia thing. I can, I can find it. At one point, they mentioned, they mentioned Gotham in, in the film, so it's like, yeah, maybe, I don't know, he's one of Joker's ex-henchmen or some shit. I don't know. Huh. Uh, when he sits with the child and, and it's like he starts playing the piano, mm. I was just thinking, I was like, was that the most interesting choice you could have made, Brian? Mm. he's like this henchman he sits down menacingly and then he starts to play the piano quite nicely mm. yeah it was a weird scene it was, well, it was a boring scene the, the, the most exciting thing about that is seeing someone use a fax machine <laughs> 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 that, that actually made me like sit up and pay attention so convenient like, she had one right next to her yeah <laughs> in a weird way I kind of like I kind of like the whole the whole uh, piano thing just because in a weird way, it kind of get, gave depth to, to a character in a film where everyone was very much sat in their role. Superman is Superman. Uh, Lois is Lois. Uh, Damsel in Distress. Richard is, is literally Richard White, as in his name Fuck. even Im, 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 imbues freaking cleanliness. Do you know what I mean? Whereas we had a, a, a massive henchman with a freaking Joker tattoo on the back of his head who is actually okay with kids and probably makes a good babysitter. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Jason being Superman's son is Man. is the worst. It's not. I'm not even going to retread on what you said, Anton, about how it how it spits in the face of of the law. I just I can't believe how shit that surprise was. Why the kid has no bearing on the film whatsoever, even though he is Superman's son. 
He saves he saves him and his mum with the piano to you know crushing the guy, and then he, what he does personally has no consequence to anything. It's it's hilarious, you know. There's bits where you know she takes a freaking rolling. She's seen her son right, chuck chuck uh, a piano at a guy right, and crush him. Cool. They haven't seen it. I don't know why they haven't asked questions to why there's a piano. Why 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 uh, Jimmy the babysitter is literally eating piano at the moment. But fair enough. No one asked the question. We'll just throw him in a in a in a in the pantry with the big door. Cool. Rather than take her super son and be like, "Yo, let's break the fuck out of this bitch," she takes a wooden rolling pin and slaps it on the on the on the glass till it breaks, and then gets fresh. Your son, Superman's son, which we now know about, has literally just shoved a piano down some guy's throat. Make him open the door. Lest we forget. <laughs> And it, maybe, maybe it, it adds credence to the argument that this Lex Luthor is the worst incarnated Lex Luthor of all time. <laughs> he fucking said it. He's like, oh, that's, that's Superman's son. He's, got, he, he's just reacted to Kryptonite. Oh, do you know what? Yeah. I'm just going to leave it. I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you've got to be joking. Lex Luthor would fucking jump at a chance yeah. to have Superman's son mm. experimented on, imprisoned, used as leverage, or even turned him to the dark side. You don't mm. just be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm done. There's just so much to be said in this film, from from Kal-el and his relationship to Jor-el, and how that could relate to his relationship with Jason. You know, there, there was so the, the cryptic words of the son becomes a father, which again I don't really understand. It sounds biblical, you know. Yeah, it's like yeah. uh, everything is so fucking half baked. It drives me crazy. Yeah. You know, Smallville, a TV series, a lowly TV series on a shit network, is probably the best example of how you can in, infuse uh, the mythology and, and make that father-son uh, relationship or lack thereof uh, or that cyclical relationship um, a driving force of an entire plot. Mm, yeah. And this Superman film fails so miserably, it's infuriating. The majority of the reception to this... There's so much. So much of the reception was actually quite positive. Oh yeah, didn't it get like oh, over know, over mate. seventy on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, like like. I, I think I, I read Empire Magazine named it like one of its top five hundred films. Top five hundred films ever. It's like four hundred ninety-six or something like that. I mean, that's just or fucking crazy. Say, say, like, say what you want about this film. Say that we're being too harsh, but fuck off. Top five hundred films it's of just, all time. It's just nuts. Like it's, and I think for what I. What what this film did, and I and I'll be honest, I probably didn't notice it as much at the first time I watched it because it was just so Superman. And maybe again, they did the very very smart thing of giving me the the original and purely playing on the nostalgia of it and just being like, oh my god. And again, maybe it was more harking to the we're seeing old school Superman in an in a new age that that kind of blind us. But again, there was. It, <sighs> It just it just gets to a point. If if you didn't if you ignored everything up until that point, the second you found out that that was Superman's kid, it it just nothing adds up. Mm-hmm. Not a single thing adds up. What just it was just such a crazy choice. Half baked. Really perfect way to do it. it it's it, 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 exactly like the you feel like you've, you it's like you've been here before. Yeah, we'll we're explore not, that. We're not gonna we're not, we're not gonna explore that. We're not gonna talk about that. We're not gonna understand why like you. The fact that you've acknowledged it makes it even worse. God, anyway. You know, like, again, we're skipping ahead, but, you know, at the very end where Superman's standing over Jason's bed, I'm confused as to what purpose it served him. Is he now saying, because he's got a son who can never know 
that he's actually his son, is he somehow now no longer alone? Does he now feel... What does he feel? What does he, what does he learn? Yeah, I don't get yeah. it. Anyway. And again, and again it, it, to, to kind of... Because you've mentioned it quite a few times, the whole fact that it's... He, he, he went to go find a place where he belonged, if that makes sense. And, and they very much kind of showed that separation. And it is like now, like, no, he has, he has a son now. He's not alone. There's another Kryptonian. Okay. Pwah, that Kryptonian is living with his mum and his now uh, psychological father, who is doing a pretty good job, let's face it. Um, mm-hmm. And you are still pretty much alone. Have to go save the rest of the planet. Can't give this kid any more time. And eventually this kid will just get powers. And then what? Like, what? I'm throwing my final bollocks card out. <laughs> it's out. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like the the reveal of the kid and Lex Luthor's apparent uninterest is, is is too much for me. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, and again, you could again you could argue because when he held the critten out to him, he didn't react as much as he should do. But for me, it was also the case that that was the start. That was the the start of it. And this, let's face it, like this, uh, this kid, this kid is flying around. This this continent with or this island with kryptonite everywhere. It's like I don't. Yeah, it's true. I don't. I don't get it. And even even Superman, like he lands on on the planet, right? Let's face it, that landing was ridiculous and, and not necessary, but fucking cool as hell. I'm I'm gonna put that out there because I've always quite liked that landing. It, it was it was very much a different superhero landing than we've ever seen. Um, but the second he landed, surely he should have felt that. Mm-hmm. And he didn't feel it until Lex was like... Yeah, but only if continuity matters. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing as it doesn't, then your point is mute. Meeting Luther, Superman discovers the landmass is filled with kryptonite, which weakens him to the point that Luther and his henchmen are able to brutalise and torture him. Superman is stabbed by Luther with a shard of kryptonite before he falls into the ocean and is left to drown. Lewis makes Richard turn back to rescue Superman, whereupon she removes the kryptonite from his back. I, I think I don't know if it's it's too early. It's definitely in this scene though. For my bollocks card is coming out. <laughs> oh, my... got another one. Just because, like, it came up earlier, but I think this is the key point. And the bit that triggered me with it was after this land goes up, and they're all just sat there and they're like playing fucking cards, like solid, like poker and shit, which is a bad guy name thing. But I was like, they. Kitty earlier on said, you're going to build all this land, like, and you think the world's going to let you keep that. Like, even if you do make it, the army's just going to show up and fucking take your land off of you. He's like, I have alien technology beyond any means. Like, bring it on. I'll fight the whole world. And you're like, yeah, you could have alien technology, but why don't you have alien technology <laughs> before you fucking build the land? Ian, said of- Ian, Ian, I am so glad you said that. Yeah. So glad. Because, at literally, at one point, they were sat down and they have the landmass and Superman's dead. My next question was, what now? Yeah. Yeah. You can't build nothing. You have no, no you have no, you have no, you have no, you, you've got three guys, three guys kitting yourself. You can't build nothing. You can't <laughs> sell nothing. There's no real estate. There's no, there's, there's no transportation. Yeah. No one can get there. The land is still Story growing. Level. It's like, how what, many, what how many years what do you now? think it would take to cultivate that land? What, is that what now? And you need, you need all of the world's resources to do this. Yeah. What now? Uh, really, that that annoyed me more than uh, Lex Luthor's plan through this entire thing made zero fucking sense. Like, oh, man, it, it made sense, but I was like, "But you're doing it in the most idiotic way. Like, you're doing like an absolute." I've gone to the Fortress of Ojibwa. I can get in crazy amounts of of knowledge and technology, 
And what I'm going to do is go grab a crystal and chuck it in the ocean. There you go. Nailed it. <laughs> it I think he listened to like was, 30 seconds of Terrell. There was, there was, there was, like, there was literally just... Sit with an island. You nailed it. There was literally just such a what now moment. And I remember thinking, because the reason I thought about it, I was, like, I was like, okay, so these guys are playing cards. I understand. They, they're not the brains of this. Kitty is like just freaking out. Cool. What else? Cal Penn, who is a smart person, is not, I don't know. I was like, what is Lewis Lex doing now? And he's looking at his crystals. I was like, yeah, yeah. because there's nothing else he can do. Now we, now we wait. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And, but, then, but then what? Like, I, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe he was about to grow like, roads and cars and shit. I don't know. Am I to understanding that you've thrown a bollocks card? I have. Okay. I'm going to throw another bollocks card at this point as well. Oh. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, it's going to be annoying. I can't take off in this. Okay. Let me point you in the right direction. He lifts the plane up and yes. sends the Superman off. Oh, I, And then yes. what we're going to do, we're going to fly back, say Superman, and do you know what? I'm going to fucking take off. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? You just said you can't take off. Oh. Oh, it fucking annoy me so much. I'm like, the speed is zero, and you're just going <laughs> to let go of the plane, and the plane will go from, what, Mate, zero to two, like, fucking bollocks. per hour. Fucking bollocks. I'm chucking it out there. I hated that. I hate... The long and drawn-out scuff. It's not even a fight. That scuffle mm. where he's just thrown around like a rag doll. And it's at this point, actually, where Superman looks frail as fuck, and it's not just because he's been... because, because of the kryptonite. Ralph apparently went through a really strict bodybuilding you know, mm. uh, regime for, mm. for, to get the muscle. Mm. But he looks fucking nothing compared to Henry Caval. Christopher Reeve. I mean, Christopher Reeve wasn't exactly ripped. And nowadays, we would imagine that because of the evolution of what, like you said, what we see is the, male, the ultimate peak of male form now, it would be Henry Cavill. I'm glad you mentioned that because it reminds me of a scene from Superman where it's the only... This is the only time in history, in my experience, I mean, not in, in world history is the only um, time where I've ever believed that, that really that people could see Superman and then not realise he's Clark Kent. And it's mm. a scene where you know, Clark is in, is in Lois's apartment and he says, I've got to tell you something, and her back mm. is turned. Mm. And all of a sudden, he transforms from this hunch over position. Yeah, and he suddenly yeah, adds yeah. like three yeah. inches to his yeah. height. Yeah. He takes his glasses off and he ruffles yeah. his hair. And his whole face changes, his whole yeah. body changes, yeah, yeah. and that is Christopher Reeve. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. that's yeah. him. That's all absolutely, him. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, for that moment, I'm just like, yeah, I would turn around and be like, whoa, where the fucking Clark go? Yeah, you know. Absolutely. But, but that's that's literally the only time I've ever experienced that, and I certainly don't experience it here. It's funny for me because I, I've always been an, I've always, and again, call it playing devil's advocate, but you know the whole. People are like, how does you, how do I know? How does no one know? Clark? I mean, they look the same. There was this because I fully understand. If I told you, if if let's say in the world, like uh, like there was actually a Superman, and I told you like, yo, Ben, tell you what, yeah, I'm Superman. That like we you, we did, we said it at the beginning of this podcast. People wouldn't believe Bill Murray takes chips from fucking people's plates. <laughs> You're never gonna fucking believe your friend or someone you know is Superman. Do you know what I mean? So I get it. I fully get that, and I know exactly that scene you're talking about because Christopher Reeve, like. He was great with like he used to hunch his hunch his shoulders, bring himself in and stuff like that. And literally, I seen he like he fixes his posture and he stands up and it's like, oh my, did this guy just grow? Like, mm. what the fuck just happened? It was brilliant. It was really good. Yeah, this film's not not good. <laughs> <laughs> Funny you should say that because I've got another bollocks card. I need. Oh, oh my lord! Chuck out the third one. Oh no, it's your, it's your second. I can't yeah. Yeah, Anton's used to. Uh, uh, this is Ian's second, and I have exhausted all mine. 
So, they turn the plane around. They land the plane. Let's say, like, because I think they hinted that they're able to get to the spot because they've got the kid, and the kid could tell us Superman was fine, fuck it. Didn't show it happening, but you kind of hinted that happened. Lois jumps into the water. The fucking camera used to film the shot shows you that you lose visibility of Lois at about five, what, about maybe ten feet at most? How the fuck does she dive down and find Superman in water Mm. in that darkness? Like, no. Well, she had Richard with her. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking... And Richard is white. (laughs) 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 I think that's a harsh bollocks card, because that happens in a lot of films. I think it's a harsh... I think it's a harsh one. I think it's a harsh one. I do think it's a harsh one, to be fair. I think that's a harsh one. I mean, I think of all the foolishness Mm. that, that has occurred... I mean, she can hold the spawn. She can hold the semen of Superman. She can find. She can find him fluid in water. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Of all the of all the unbelievable shit that she's done, I'm happy to believe that she did that. Yeah. I mean, she spawned his seed. His seed for Christ's sake. So yeah, I'll give it to her. I'm, I'm pretty sure she can find find him find him in dark water. Superman, after regaining his strength from the sun, lifts the landmass after putting layers of earth between him and the kryptonite. Superman, after regaining his strength from the sun, lifts the landmass after putting layers of earth between him and the kryptonite. Luther and Kitty escape in their helicopter. Kitty, unwilling to let millions of people die, tosses away the crystals that Lex stole from the Fortress of Solitude. She and Luther are stranded on a desert island when their helicopter runs out of fuel. Superman pushes the landmass into space with the crystals trapped on the landmass, but is weakened by the kryptonite and crashes back to earth. Doctors remove more kryptonite from Superman's wound, but after it is removed, they cannot penetrate his skin with surgical tools. While Superman remains in a coma, Lois and Jason visit him at the hospital, where Lois whispers a secret into Superman's ear and then kisses him. I feel like they try and play the redemption arc. You know, he disappeared five years. Now he's making an amends. He made a bad decision or, you know, the decision he made, he's got to live with it. And, you know, now he's he's going to die for to try and make up for it. But... They put so little emphasis on it and, and on what he what he wanted to achieve and what he did achieve. It never lands. Nothing ever lands in this film. Do, do you does anyone does, does anyone else feel like there was no payoff? No like, payoff. Like like he, he lifted uh, he lifted the landmass. It was like, yeah, brilliant, okay, cool, he did that and then he chucked it You know, like I I I, I remember watching it. And it's, you know what my memory is like, right? You guys know exactly what my memory is like. And I will remember the majority, I will remember practically everything. I plainly remember the landmass and nothing else of the film. And I remember thinking yep. when I was gonna when I was gonna watch that, I was like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna maybe we're gonna see that Superman payoff." You know, the, like just like Superman one, the classic where he went and dealt with all the people and all the issues and everything. And it's yeah. like even if it was comical or even if it was, you know, everyone got their comeuppance. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then that was the end. But no, I was just like, no, nothing happens. Nothing happened. That's why I didn't remember it. That's why because nothing happens. Yep. But that's because most of the characters have nothing to say for themselves. Perry White is a non-character. Uh, Jimmy Olsen is a non-character. Richard White is a non-character, seeing as that he doesn't have... His goal is to be the best person he can be for, for Lois and, and the kid, right? Well, that never changes throughout the film. He's always just that guy. And in the end, he's incredibly irritating, because <laughs> nothing about him changes. And nothing really... Superman starts the film in a, in a in a really bad place, 
you know, emotionally. And then in the end, you, you, it's so confused when he's talking to, to Jason while Jason's sleeping. I don't know what he's meant to... What is he he's talking to the kid and what is he saying to him? I don't understand it. And then, yeah, the only payoff is Lois writes the article Why the World Needs Superman. Oh, that's cool because oh, she wrote the article really that the world doesn't need Superman. But what I don't understand is, is you want to pull itself for the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else would read that and be like, is, she, is this bitch for real? Yeah. I'm taking that... Yeah, <laughs> we're recalling that award. Is that, are you serious? <laughs> Absolute bullshit that was. I was like... But there was, um, I, I don't know if it's quite a bollocks card, because I don't know, I don't understand how the world sees Superman or understands Superman. But when they, when they try and save him, and they, they realize they can't do any more as a hospital, they went, right, what should we do to try and make him better? They're like, right, I want you to find the darkest room in the fucking hospital, <laughs> close all the blinds, and only have our official light on him. Stick him in that room on his own. <laughs> I just him. No one watching him. Like, don't don't they know that he needs sunlight? I thought sunlight was okay. like. But okay. no, 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 no. They one hundred and twenty percent do. Lois's article after after first one to the point where they even reference it in the film where she's like where he's like oh she's and she she says oh he can't lie blah 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 he gets his power from the sun he's two hundred twenty five pounds by the way. Continuing to mistake there, she meant to say one two hundred twenty-five pounds. She says one hundred twenty-five pounds, and then they talk about how much Clark weighs, and they say Clark's about two hundred twenty-five pounds. So continuing to mistake, but he literally, she literally lists everything and talks about the fact that he gets his powers from the sun. That's why. That's why uh, uh, Richard is like, Cause how 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 much does Clark weigh? How tall do you think he is? Like you said, they, all they seem to make a very emo scene just <laughs> make it look grim. Oh, that fucking hospital room. I was like. You know, but putting a he got like Wilfred sitting next to him. Just like, <laughs> how about now? Ready for him? Is, to he, pass. is, 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 is he okay? How about now? How about now? So, it was. I I I kind of also wanted to throw a bollocks card out again. I don't think <laughs> because this film, this film should have ended all over this. <laughs> this film. Should have ended 20 to 25 minutes sooner than it fucking did. Agreed. And I thought it was bollocks. I had to sit there for another 20 minutes <laughs> watching nothing happen. Oh, it's... it's yeah. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I nearly... I don't give a fuck that she writes an article. Cause, uh... We're not fans of this film. But we could... We could recontextualize it by very quickly talking about the films that w- that could have been before it. This will probably this will probably increase the score quite quite yeah. dramatically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Warner Brothers got the rights for Superman in 1993. That's a long ass time ago. Superman for the Quest for Peace. It's uh, gratefully in our rearview mirror by four years. And then a guy called John Peters comes along. And what could be said about John Peters that hasn't already been said about Afghanistan? <laughs> ha- hazardous and lawless. <laughs> So this oh guy, this, this guy starts, uh, you know, he actually starts off quite modest. So in 1995, Superman Reborn. It's a script about Superman battling Doomsday. Superman dies and gives his life force to Lois, which gives her a virgin birth. Their child grows up to 21 in only three weeks and is in fact Clark reincarnated. Not giving up on the Jesus vibe. That's my part. Not, that's not, that, that's not the, yeah. <laughs> 
um, Joel does say, I am sending you my only son. And it's implied that uh, this was a holy birth and that Superman is God. That's that script. Jesus Christ. Right. Quite literally. But it gets worse. In 1996, Peters um, commissions a Gregory Poirier script. And it goes like this. Alienated from the world he protects, convinced his relationship with Lois Lane is doomed, Superman is suddenly defeated and left for dead by the, brilliant, by the villain Brainiac, an intergalactic genius intent upon collecting the best DNA in the universe. Superman is secretly nursed back to health by his mentor, Cadmus, only to discover he has lost his superpowers. As Lois mourns the loss of her love, and Brainiac frantically searches for Superman's body, the Man of Steel returns, disguised, using a high-tech bodysuit to fight while he attempts to regain his superpowers. While battling Brainiac's henchmen, Parasite and Banshee, Superman rediscovers his powers and his love for Lois, inexplicably. In a final showdown, Superman destroys Brainiac and saves the world that he has come to call home. What? I love how they're just like he rediscovers his powers by beating these supervillains, the cra- beating the crap out of someone else, and and oh, he he realizes he loves Lois. He's like, I've got a boner right now. <laughs> don't know if it's because I'm beating <laughs> the, these guys through a bloody pulp. Or... He, he, you know, I tell you what, I tell you what, he's blatantly watched 300, hasn't he? The violence has set, <laughs> the, the violence has got him off, and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> I I am stumped, by the way, Anton. Ian, you, I know you're not as hardcore on this as as, as we are, but. Is Cadmus a Superman character? Cadmus is isn't Cadmus is a freaking I'm, he's like, a great he's hero, a, right? But it's like what the hell? It says Superman is secretly nursed back to health by his mentor Cadmus. Who the fuck is Cadmus? C A D M U S, right? Yeah. See, Cadmus in 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 the Superman or is a is a lab Cadmus Labs. What does what? But but still, like I, I, it's a genetic engineering project. Exactly. What? Oh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I'm guessing. I'm guessing they. I have no idea. No idea. Okay. Well, this is the big one. Superman lives. 1998. Kevin Smith script. Peters did not want Superman to fly in this script, as we know. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how I'm going to start laughing. <laughs> He, he thought that the character would look like an overgrown Boy Scout if he flew. Because all Boy Scouts fly, right? <laughs> Smith wrote Superman flying as a red and blue blur in flight, creating a sonic boom every time he flew. And Peters also wanted... This, this is what Smith's saying. He wanted... He didn't want to see Superman fly. He wanted to see a red and blue blur. In, in flight, creating a sonic boom. Uh, Peters also wants a Superman to fight a giant spider in the third act. This is the one we all know. Because <laughs> Smith was also forced to write... Smith was also forced to write a scene involving Brainiac fighting a polar bear at the Fortress of Solitude. That's a fact. <laughs> oh, God, oh, mate. Would I have enjoyed that more than this? Thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we haven't even, I haven't even told you the, the, what the script is yet. Also, at the the Star Wars 20th anniversary re-release in theatres, John Peters had an idea to commission a space dog that Brainiac could present to Luther, Lex Luthor, purely for merchandising appeal and toy sales. Peters also insisted that Brainiac's robot assistant, Elron, (laughs) 
been voiced by Dwight Ewell, calling the character a gay R2-D2 with attitude. Superman Lives, the plot, had Brainiac sending Doomsday to kill Superman, as well as blocking out the sun to make Superman powerless, as Superman is fueled by sunlight. Brainiac teams up with Lex Luthor, but Superman is resurrected by a Kryptonian robot, the Eradicator. Brainiac wishes to possess the Eradicator and its technology. Powerless, the resurrected Superman is sheathed in a robotic suit formed from the Eradicator itself until his powers return, courtesy of Sunbeams, and defeats Brainiac. Kevin Smith's casting choices included Ben Affleck as Clark Kent Superman, Linda Florentino as Lois Lane, Jack Nicholson as Lex Luthor, Van Cade Janssen as Mercy Graves, John Mahoney as Perry White, David Hyde Pierce as the Eradicator, Jason Lee as Brainiac, and the best one of all, Jason Muse as Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> oh, oh, dear God Almighty. Yep. Oh, dear God Almighty. But would have I enjoyed it more? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Smith originally suggested Tim Burton to direct his script, and Burton signed oh. on. Burton signed on with a pay-or-play contract of five million dollars that means he gets paid if the movie doesn't even get made regardless warner brothers originally planned on a theatrical release date for the summer of 1998 which would have been the 60th anniversary of the character's debut nicholas cage a comic book fan (laughs) signed on as superman with a 20 million pound pay or play contract so they paid 25 million between director and star for a film that never ever Went anywhere. Ian, you must have seen. You must have seen the images, right? Oh, he must have. I have. Of, of you have Nicholas Cage, Cage yeah. in the in the in the. I how would you describe that suit? I don't. I well, don't Peters felt Cage could convince audiences that Superman came from outer space. That's how you can describe the suit. Oh God! It oh, looks man. like it's molded skin. Yeah, exactly. And it's like it's like it's just very Tim Burton. Yeah. It is just very Tim Burton. But, and but, even, even his hair like, is but nuts. Burton explained that Cage's casting would be the first time you would believe that nobody could recognise Clark Kent as Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose so. I suppose I that... Suppose that, so. that well, touche. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so, actually, to be fair. Especially with the hair as well, mm-hmm. that long-ass hair that he had. Yeah. Right, it's Batman vs Superman Asylum, 2004. This draft was thought of as too dark by the studio, who hired <laughs> Akiva Goldsman to do a rewrite, which was codenamed Asylum. Goldsman's draft, which was dated in 2002, introduced Bruce Wayne, attempting to shake all the demons in his life after his five-year retirement from crime fighting. Dick Grayson, Alfred Pennyworth, and Commissioner Gordon are all dead. Meanwhile, Clark Kent is down on his luck and in despair after his divorce from Lois Lane. Clark serves as Bruce's best man at his wedding to the beautiful and lovely Elizabeth Miller. After Elizabeth is killed by the Joker on the honeymoon, <laughs> Bruce is forced to don the bat suit once more, tangling a plot, dangling a plot which involves Lex Luthor, while Clark begins a romance with Lana Lang in Smallville and tries to pull Bruce back. In return, Bruce blames Clark for her death. And the two go against one another, prodded on by Luther. After Batman decides not to succumb to his rage, the two team up to stop Luther in his mechanized suit and an incoming meteor storm. The reason why that film is called Asylum is because that's where the writer went after he committed that. <laughs> I mean, fucking hell. 
Uh, is it weird though that that plot seems more concise than two returns? I mean, it's believable. It's I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to lie. So far, each each one of these I'd rather see than Superman. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, still, I'm still waiting for you. Know the one I'm waiting for. Yep. You know the one I'm waiting Superman for. Flyby. Oh, 2004 oh, oh, oh. was an origin story that included Krypton besieged by a civil war between Jor-El and his corrupt brother Katazor. Before Katazor sentences Jor-El to prison, Kal-El is launched to Earth to fulfill a prophecy. Adopted by Jonathan and Martha Kent, he forms a romance with Lois Lane in the Daily Planet. However, Lois is more concerned with exposing Lex Luthor, written as a government agent obsessed with UFO phenomenon. Clark reveals himself to the world as Superman, bringing Katazol's son, Tyzor, and three other Kryptonians to Earth. Superman is defeated and killed, and visits Jor-El, who committed suicide on Krypton while in prison, in Kryptonian heaven. <laughs> Resurrected, he returns to Earth and defeats the four Kryptonians. The script ends with Superman flying off to Krypton in a spaceship. <laughs> There's one. It's that same one with Katazor, right? And he has to, he goes back to Krypton to like rule as king. And then there's like freaking he dies and Lois dies. It's like I'm, I think I'm, that I've might be the it. sequel. I've got I've got I've, I've got to find it. Give me two seconds. I'll see I'll see if I can find it. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I think each one of those films brings something to the table that Superman <laughs> returns doesn't. <laughs> How do you spell Katazor again? Uh, the traditional spelling? <laughs> the, 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 not the normal way. Um, can f- you can you can spell it K A T A dash Z O R. I thought it was. I can't. Oh, it's really annoying me. I can't. Maybe can I find maybe this? you dreamed it, Anton. <laughs> <laughs> A very lucid dream. I I had a choice when it came to this film. I could either buy it on Amazon. Or rent it for two pounds less, and I fucking rented it. I was like, <laughs> I would, I know, I will never, ever, ever watch this again. There were, I, again, playing devil's, devil's advocate, there were some things that it did right. Okay, it has not aged well at all, and now that we can pick at it so much more, and even, even to the, even to points of like some points around CGI and stuff, it is just like, um, I say, as long as Quest for Peace exists. This is not the worst Superman film. Maybe, yeah. Which, you know, therefore, I can't give it the lowest score. But, I mean, Kevin Smith summed it up, and we all know what the quote is. Brian Singer went out there and made the Superman movie he wanted to see. Yeah. <laughs> for, be- for better or for worse. Yeah. But um, i got to give him some slack, which is that, I mean, Superman to this day, even with Henry Cavill, the Superman is still in limbo because he's hopelessly tied to Christopher Reeve's Superman. And that's a good and a bad thing, because it, while we're still seeing Superman as Christopher Reeves, which most people, a lot of people are, um, because no one really bought Brandon Routh, and people aren't really buying Henry Cavill, although Henry Cavill is, is better, it's unable to sort of bring the character into the 21st century. And this film, as you say, with not even understanding what fucking time it's set in, uh, it doesn't do. It, it's unable to do it. I, I don't know if it's possible. Say what you want about Zack Snyder's ones and its flaws and stuff. It was its own film, very much so, and it was very much kind of a. It just that 
for all, for all that for all that the flaws there, it was its own film and it made it made more sense to me mm. than this one did. I think it was this this trying to fit in around the originals and take the originals and make them their own. Like Brian Singer said himself, he's like, I should have just done an origin film, just to just start again from the, from 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 its own thing. And it's like, yeah, that, that probably is exactly what you should, they should have done and shaved off. 20 minutes or so from absolutely. any film that he completed. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because some of the parts that they did shave off as well, one of the things that he did actually shave off was this whole, they, there was a whole scene at, at the Ground Zero. Oh, wow. And that was, and that was one of the things they took off. Wow. And the whole point of that scene was basically him... Because Superman wasn't there. Pretty much that, Superman at dawn. Nah, just that, being like, oh, I think it's, it was too soon for that in 2006. Exactly that, exactly that. Pretty Ooh. much it was the case, it was pretty much the case of it was like, it was almost kind of like if I had been here kind of thing. Yeah. And it was meant to be like Glad an homage, it was meant to be like an homage to what happened, but at the same time, yeah. It, 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 you can't help but think it kind of plays a little light to the real tragedy that actually happened. For sure, I mean? like, for sure it, it does. It's a bit too much. But in other news, I found the fucking Catazor thing that I read. <laughs> so so uh, this was J.J. Abrams' fucking script. Far too so. so. He reinvented it. Uh, Superman is a Kryptonian prince sent to Earth as a baby to avoid the impending civil war between King Joel and his brother Catazor, which we obviously know about. Raised as Midwestern teen, Clark Kent, and in love with his high school sweetheart, Lois, Superman becomes humanity's defender when Catazor evades Earth, aided by CIA agent Lex Luthor, who is actually a Kryptonian in disguise. The film ended with Superman returning to Krypton to rule over his people after the death of Jor-El. <laughs> it's like, what the... What the... What the hell? <laughs> so, to me, the film had, like, two, two big plot points, like, two stories going on, and it didn't need both. It, it was both things I wanted to see, but I think it did a bad job of completing and finishing both stories. One was seeing a cool Superman foil an evil person's plot, Lex Luthor. All of it was a little bit weak, but it was cool to see Superman be Superman, and I think it's really hard to write stories that would challenge someone who's that powerful, you know, that strong. How do you make things a threat? So that they did that okay. The other part was I really wanted to see Superman return, have a kid, and have some sort of like development, character growth, just anything. But you didn't get it. It was just like planting seeds of story for future payoff. Um, and that's what I think ultimately was this film's downfall, is it seemed to presume there was going to be a sequel. And I think maybe a sequel may have made this one a bit better, but there's no sequel. So it was all just seemed to be setting up future plot points. Uh, I I struggled through the whole film. Probably, probably close to one of the worst films I've ever seen, I think. Wow! And I think I'm going to I'm gonna be hanging around a four... Oh, this one. Do you know, I, we've been so doing this far. podcast for a while, um, and that is as thoughtful and eloquent of a conclusion as I've ever heard you say. <laughs> it's so freaking true. <laughs> I was literally thinking that myself. It really I is. was like, when did he become you know, film critic extraordinaire? You know, what, you, know what, you know what that is? Growth. <laughs> <laughs> Something that none of the characters achieved in Superman <laughs> I haven't actually got much left to say that I haven't said already. So um, I'm going to say that it was worse than I remember, uh, exponentially worse than I remember. Uh, I think in 2006, I wasn't even 
21 yet. It was just sort of like, oh great, there's a Superman film again. It's kind of like how people felt about Star Wars Force Awakens, where you know the first the, after your first viewing, you're just like, oh, I'm so happy Star Wars is back. That was great. And then you're like, wait, hold on. That was awful. Um, I, I kind of feel that way about Superman Returns. You know, I, I didn't like it as much as I thought I would at the time. Kevin Smith reminded me of why I didn't like it so much. And now I've seen it again, uh, I can tr- honestly say, hands down, absolute pants film. And uh, if it wasn't for some of the nostalgia and if it wasn't for some of the cool scenes, I'd be giving it less than I'm going to give it. And I'm going to give it a five out of ten. I am going to play a little bit of devil's advocate in this, just only just a little bit. And the only reason I'm doing that is because at the end of the day, Superman suffers from the greatness that is Superman in everything from games to film. It's just too hard to do something and someone of such high power and caliber and make it fit. And the only way to kind of do that is to explore the, almost in essence, humanity of Superman in certain things, which is why Smallville did it so well. But it did that by limiting Superman. He wasn't Superman until the very, very end of it. So the film itself, like, I, I've, I want to remember the first, the first time I watched it, I wasn't as disappointed as I am now. And I think that's because I was probably a lot more ignorant to a lot of things and obviously a lot less critical. And I think it was the nostalgia and the fact that it was still Superman. So I still want to remember that. And I can't take away from that. And what a lot of critics and a lot of people have said, obviously, in some sense, I get. But I cannot deny... I mean, that... That... that it's the sun plot of, of that. That is just egregious. I cannot believe... Taking that out alone would probably have just given that so much more marks, in my opinion. There's just too much there. But like I said, I still remember the fact that it was Superman and, still, and kind of what it meant and kind of what the, the initial feelings were for some of it. So because of that, I'm going to give it uh, a six. I think you're spot on. So Anton, you're, you're at six, I'm at five, and Ian's at four. And uh, that would put us... Um, that would put the film... At fifteen out of thirty. However, to be distributed. However, there was there was a generous amount of bollocks oh, Lord. thrown. I threw out all three of my bollocks cards. Anton Good. threw out two, and Ian threw out two. So that means we are minus seven. <laughs> oh, no, as wow. in as in you got minus seven yeah, off yeah, of fifteen. Uh, and that takes us to a lovely little eight out of thirty. <laughs> do, do that reminds you of that reminds me of Peter Griffin. <sighs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> <sighs> that film got chopped down. Probably eight total minutes of that entire film, which I enjoyed. So that it's seems so, an appropriate it's so, score. It's so annoying as well because I really, really liked, even if it was just a look, Brandon Ralph. And I think he got hard. I did. He got screwed I, with that film. He was such he a good He really Superman. did. He was so, it, hmm. like the look. And if you gave him the job, and it's funny because, like I said, it's, he was two years younger than Tom Welling. And yeah. Tom Welling and Tom Welling played <laughs> played the teenage version. And it will be no surprise to anyone who's listened 
Superman Returns takes the number fourth spot out of four in our top ten. So, as this is our fourth episode, that means it's dead last and long may it be buried. Eight. <laughs> I just got eight. Wow. Eight out of ten. Oh my god. We are still uh, stuck with 300 as number one, thanks to oh, Ian, good. and that is followed by, no, no, not at all, you never, never will, um, 300, followed by Hot Fuzz, followed by Snatch, and rounded off by the magnificent shit pile that was Superman Returns. This capes to the top and capes to the bottom. <laughs> 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 Red capes as well, but shit coincidence. So <laughs> Absolute. It's some. There's going to have to be a real special film to knock that off of the bottom spot. I tell you. Not good. So we have come to the end of the podcast, and the way this works is we have pulled sound bites from forty individual movies and converted them into MP3 files. I asked my wife Lauren to rename each file a number from one to forty. So, basically, I, nor Ian, nor Anton have any idea which file is which. I'm going to ask one of you to pick a number from 1 to 40. We will then play the clip assigned to that number, and it will be revealed to us which our next film is going to be. And after that, I'll go in and ask Lauren to um, rename the clips, which will be minus 1. So, it'll be 1 to 39 in descending order, and so on and so forth. So, Anton... Let's do you this time. Um, pick a number from 1 to 40, please. I'll have a 12, please, Bob. 12, please, Bob. Right, where it is 12? Fuck yourself. I'm tired from fucking your wife. How's your mother? Oh. Yes! <laughs> yes. I smell a fucking rat. Sergeant Digman is in the well house. Up for this. Next. I'm some DiCaprio. <laughs> Next week we I'll tell you what else is up. No, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I won't do it, I won't do it. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm legally obliged to, to stop you from <laughs> We know this film so well that I knew exactly what Anton was talking about. Uh... <laughs> I went straight for it. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Next week we will be reviewing one of my top ten of all time, the departed. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I already know this film holds up because it's so fucking epic. Anyway, it's about that time where we got to make like Christoph and Waltz. So it leaves me but only to thank my co hosts, Anton. I I got nothing. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I got nothing. Uh, Ian. I'm unhappy. It's such a bad film. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Sorry, sorry. Continue. (laughs) No, no. You said it all. Anton, take it away. So remember, folks, your futures haven't been written yet. No one has. Except Superman's. May never come back. But uh, your next picture is whatever you make it. So make it a good one. And again, not Superman Returns. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, we literally shat on that film. (laughs) 